0: Well, good morning, everybody, and hello around the world. over ACB Radio <coughs> special event. It is the second day of the 2020 Georgia Council of the Blind Convention. This is our first virtual convention, and so far, it has just gone just about as well as anything could have gone. We've got a full day prepared for you, and I hope that you will just stay tuned and enjoy it all. Mm-hmm. And my. Uh, Co-anchor here is Marge Schneider, and she is going to tell you just what we've got coming up for this day. Take it away, thank Marge. you, Phil.
1: Thank you, Phil, and good morning, all. Starting right off, uh, we'll of course begin with door prizes. Following that, our exhibitors showcase runs here from basically 9 a.m. until 10:30. Then we launch into our Georgia Council of the Blind business meeting, which is going to be packed with content, uh, very interesting stuff going on, and we hope all of you will stay tuned for that. We have um, a break after our business meeting, starting at noon, going through one p.m. Back here at one p.m. on um, this Zoom channel, we have a youth panel, and that will be discussing issues of transition for high school students into college. A lot of important material for parents, for students, and for all of us as advocates to learn about. Simultaneously with that, also running from 1 until 2.30 is a second option. This is available just to those who registered, who uh, will then switch over to the Georgia Council of the Blind um, Zoom room for that session. So, only available to registrants, not on the um, ACB special event channel. That session is uh, going to be for seniors and others interested in educational opportunities, both at colleges and universities here in Georgia as well as through the Hadley School for the Blind. We'll also be hearing from Wendy Mons, um, who does Georgia uh, vision screenings. After that will be a brief break. You'll probably need it by then from uh, 2.30 until 2.45. Then we launch into a special interest affiliates panel, Four of ACB's interest affiliates will be here to explain who they are, what they do, and uh, that will be running until uh, 4 p.m. Then the fun begins at 4 p.m. We have trivia for an entire hour. You'll want to be part of that and test your, your trivia skills with Mary and Tommy Woodyard. Then at uh, 5 p.m., some of you will be signing off, but we welcome all those who'd like to stay on and join us in the GCB Zoom room for our GCB board meeting, and all are welcome um, to attend that. So that is the rundown of our day today. And before we begin with uh, Vicki from Vanda Pharmaceuticals, we need to have two door prizes to wake us all up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Jamaica and are our door prize people ready
2: I'm ready yep go for we it. sure are our first
3: our first door prize today is an itunes twenty five dollar gift card, and this was purchased with money donated mm-hmm. by our chapters and our private donors and so Jamaica, go ahead and scoop us out a number out of your bowl there. 67. Okay, let me check my list. Number 67 is Monica Spopa. Congratulations, (laughs) Monica. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our second door prize this morning is has been donated by Newsreel Magazine, and it's a cookbook with subscriber recipes. It's called Cooking for 60 Years with Newsreel Magazine, and it's available in Braille, large print, or regular print. So, Jamaica, what number do you have for us? 52. Okay, number 52. That is Dorothy Langham. Congratulations, Dorothy! You'll have a cookbook on its way to you.
0: More door prizes on the way this- throughout the day, folks. I'll be listening, and and uh, Marge, I know you're looking as forward to these exhibit presentations as I am. So, if uh, we're all ready to go for that, just take it away.
4: All right. From is it is it my turn? It's Vicki. Go right ahead. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Um, Good morning, everyone. Um, It's Vicki Preddy. Um, I I know I've spoken to some of you before. Um, I'm a nurse educator with Vanda Pharmaceuticals, and I specialize in providing education about non-24, which is a short name for non-24-hour sleep-wake disorder. Um, I'd like to start by posing a couple of questions, and these are just for you to think about. You don't have to answer them aloud. Um, The first one is, are you aware that up to 70% of people who are totally blind are affected by non-24? And next, did you know that you don't have to be totally blind to have it? And I tell you this because despite those facts, um, non-24 still remains largely unknown and misunderstood among the blind community and healthcare providers. So for those reasons, I have three goals today. The first is just to give you some basic information about non-24. Second is to help you learn why non-24 happens. And then third is to make sure that um, you're aware that help is available from Vanda if you're struggling with sleep. So um, the benefit of having some knowledge of non-24 and an understanding of why it happens is that if the symptoms occur, you'll be able to recognize that something's going on and that it isn't quite normal. Then um, I also think it's comforting to know that when you have some place to turn for to for help, um, it, will, it will help you if you want it or need it. So let's first talk about some basic or general info about non-24. It's a circadian rhythm disorder that causes disturbances when people sleep and when they're awake. Um, it can happen at any age, any time, and it affects both men One, and women. One, two, three, four. Um, The three main symptoms of non-24 are difficulty falling asleep, difficulty staying asleep, and excessive daytime sleepiness. So why does non-24 happen? What's going on? Well, to answer that, we need to learn about three things, Um, circadian rhythms, the master body clock, and the role that the eyes play in this disorder. So I'll start with circadian rhythms. What are those? Circadian rhythms are naturally occurring daily activity cycles in our body. Um, Some examples are the sleep-wake activity cycle, which determines the time that your body prepares to wake up or fall asleep. Um, Digestion is determined by a circadian activity cycle. And then different hormones are released due to circadian activity cycles. There are numerous cycles out there, and those are just some of the more well-known examples. So importantly, um, circadian rhythms are controlled by a master body clock. So let's talk about that. We all have one and it's located in the center of our brain and its job is to control the timing of those circadian rhythms, which I just mentioned. There are a couple of important features of the master clock. First, it runs automatically. There's nothing we have to do to prompt it to run. Second, in most people, the clock runs a little longer than 24 hours. So our internal clock runs in a non-24-hour period of time. And that could be any amount of time, more than 24 hours. And the length of time that it runs varies from person to person. Each of us has a unique timing system. The challenge that we run into with our master clock is that it runs at its own pace, which we established is different from the 24-hour world clock? Well, most of us plan our lives and our activities based on a 24-hour day, right? So it would be beneficial for those clocks to be synchronized or to run at the same pace. Well, the question is, can the internal clock synchronize with a 24-hour day? And if so, how? Well, we learned through research that our internal clock actually synchronizes With the external clock using either a natural or artificial source of light. With research, we also learned that our eyes play an important role in synchronizing those two clocks. And what we found out is that when I, I'm sorry, when light enters our eyes, it's recognized by specialized cells in the retina. Then those cells transmit a signal to the master clock telling it to synchronize with a 24 hour day. Well, people with light perception are usually able to send a reset signal to the master body clock. But people who are totally blind lack the ability to perceive light. So they may not be able to send the signal needed to reset that internal clock. And without that reset signal, the master clock is going to continue running on its own using a non-24 hour timing system which we established is longer and out of sync with a a 24-hour-a-day clock. Well, when the body clock is out of sync with a 24-hour day, that misalignment impacts all the circadian rhythms, including the ones that we talked about, the sleep-wake cycle, and the time that our sleep and wake hormones are released. And the impact of that may result in the occurrence of those symptoms that I mentioned in the beginning along with a strong urge to sleep during the day and a strong urge to stay awake and alert at night. So that's a quick lesson about non-24. If you're interested in learning more, getting some more details, or if you feel it's a good topic for a a discussion at a group or chapter meeting, um, please give me a call. I would love to, to join you at one of those I've done that on a couple of occasions already. Um, If it's all right, um, I will give my phone number right now. Um, It's 202-578-9060. I'm also available today for for individual consultations from 5 to 6 on the GCB conference line. So I would like to leave you just with this parting thought. Um, Most of us set goals for ourselves. They might be personal, professional, or educational, whatever they may be. um, Don't let sleep disturbances stop you from achieving those goals. If you're struggling with sleep, we're here to help you if you want it. So be sure to reach out to me, um, and together we'll figure out the best direction to go. So thank you for inviting me to speak today. Um, It sounds like you're having a really great convention. And, you know, I wish you success throughout and a wonderful Saturday. So thank you again.
3: All
1: right. Now we have Steve and Jerry
5: who are going
3: to facilitate this exhibitor showcase this morning. Steve?
6: Steve, you'll need to unmute.
7: Here, here. There you are, Jerry. I'm
6: here. I am.
3: All right. Who's up next?
6: <sighs> Gars is
5: Rebecca Arian.
8: All right, I'm here, everyone. Welcome. Good morning. That was fascinating. I was so glad to hear that. Thank you for Vicki for, for sharing that information. That was f- fantastic. Um, I see all of your names on my screen, and I'm so happy to hear from everyone because these are all faces that I know. Um, and I'm just going to give a quick overview of the Georgia Radio Reading Service. I think most of you know, but just let me go over it for our new attendees. Um, our programs are readings of local information, newspapers, national newspapers, popular books, and an array of magazines, and we also have quality of life programming. Our programming runs 24 hours a day and seven days a week. This year we're celebrating our 40th anniversary of serving GARS. We've been on the air since 1980. um, And we serve anyone in Georgia free of charge who is print disabled or has any disability accessing the printed word. Um, And we have programming for a variety of ages, anyone from young, young all the way up to senior scene. So we offer something for everyone. We also have programming for special audiences like veterans, um, career and employment services, and anyone who is newly blind. Um, Just a little bit more about our specific um, periodicals that we carry. We have national newspapers, and on weekdays we have USA Today and the Wall Street Journal. Um, We feature state newspapers, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and 50 local newspapers across Georgia. Between 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock every weekday, we split our stream into four different areas of Georgia. North Georgia, South Georgia, Middle Georgia, and then Metro Atlanta. And we focus on on your community newspapers to keep people in touch with what's happening in their local community. We also have food ads, drugstore ads and shopping ads. And during COVID, we realized that this was really important because a lot of people were having a hard time getting food ads, getting to know what was available and um, how to get out. So we felt like our broadcast was more important than ever, keeping people connected with their local community. Um, For our magazines, we have um, general interest magazines, auto and sports, business, finance, fashion, senior, home and living, anything that you can imagine, travel magazines. Um, And those are generally on in the mornings between about 9 a.m. and 12. Um, And then in the evening hours, we have a variety of books available. And that is anytime after 9 And we have different hours with different featured books. Um, Some are crime and mystery, and some are fiction, and some are classic books. And there's also youth books on Sunday, because a lot of people like youth books, and we want to serve everyone. Um, In addition, on Saturday mornings, we have service programs. And each Saturday, there's a different program. We have Out and About, which does a different visual tour of various places across the country, Um, We have At Your Service, which features a different service provider from across Georgia telling them about the services available and how to connect to them. We have Capital View, which talks about new policy and legislation at the national and state level affecting people who are visually um, individuals with visual impairments. And we also have Career Corner, which has the newest jobs available available. Um, We also have disability rights with assistive technology and transportation and voting issues. And every Saturday, we have PSA Digest. Throughout the week, we have different PSAs sent to you, many of your chapter meetings, um, as well as meetings from other service providers across the week. We bring those together and broadcast them for half an hour. So our PSA Digest at 11 o'clock on Saturdays tells everyone what they can hear, when they can do things, what's available to do in the coming week. Um, There's various ways that you can listen to our programming. Um, We have radios available, and those are um, just simple on and off radios. Most of our listeners now are listening on an echo dot. Um, there's an, any uh, and any Alexa device. You can open the Georgia Radio Reading Service and play. Um, you can also listen to us on your phone, on your computers, um, any type of smart device. And our website has our programs available on demand. Whenever you'd like, all you do is sign up for the website. And you can listen to your community news or whatever you'd like on demand. For those who don't have Wi-Fi or good reception, we also have the telephone reader. All you do is call our main number and dial in, and you can also listen to on-demand to any program that you would be interested in. Our volunteers are now recording from home. We have about 100 volunteers recording from home. We hope to get back into the studio sometime soon, but we're just being careful. Um... Our studio is open 24 hours a day and is located in Georgia, but we have readers from all across Georgia helping us get our news and programming out. To sign up, um, you can either call us. Our phone number is 404-685-2822, or you can go to gars.org, G-A-R-R-S.org, and fill out an application, Um, whatever is easiest for you. Does anyone have any questions? Moving on to our next exhibitor, Glass.
9: Georgia's Talking Book Program. And our program is available to anyone with visual and mobility impairments that, are not, that do not allow them to hold a printed book. Um, I know most of the people on the call are familiar with the program, so I just wanted to hop on and tell you about what we're offering virtually and um, some other highlights of what's coming up um, in the next uh, few months. So the pandemic has really changed the way that we handle outreach and programming, and here are some of the virtual offerings available to patrons of the library. Pre-pandemic, we were out in the streets, you know, you would see us at your nursing homes, senior care centers, resource fairs, but now we're shifting our focus to a virtual outreach, as well as um, increasing our liaison ability for those with visual and mobility impairments to connect with agencies to assist them in all areas of life. Um, we're offering peer support groups, which is a call-in, monthly call uh, held with Vanessa Meadows. Um, We have several call-in book clubs. Um, Our most popular one is the adult-only book club and uh, men's only. And, of course, we always have our readers' um, advisors available to help you and assist all glass patrons. Um, I'm on the outreach team, and we do a weekly phone call. It's outreach on call. And we highlight different resources by the program, and we um, go over Bard Bard Mobile, which is the talking book program available on any smartphone device, uh, device. And we also have a quarterly newsletter. Uh, It's Hourglass, and that's offered in all formats, um, large print, as well as the electronic. Um, One of the new things we're starting um, in the interest of community health and safety, um, and many of us are at home, Glass is expanding our services to include a collection of audio descriptive videos um, to make your time at home more enjoyable. Also coming up for us is the Glass Library Consumers Advisory Council. And we'll be holding an election for officers and members at large at our next general meeting, which will be next year, um, Monday, March 1st. And we'll be sure to get out information to everyone if you're interested in participating um, in the council. And lastly, but not least, I just want to say that as an outreach librarian, I'm always available um, to do uh, virtual presentations and trainings on any program or resource that our service offers that you need more um, help with. Um, as always, you can um, connect with GLASS. Um, we have a Facebook page. Um, you can visit our website, which is www.georgialibraries.org backslash GLASS. And you can always give us a call at our 1-800-248-6701. And again, I'd just like to thank you guys for guide- inviting GLASS to participate in this conference. Thank you so much.
6: Next is the Guide Dog Foundation with Lauren Berklin.
10: Everyone, good morning. Thank you for having us here today. My name is Lauren. I am the Consumer Relations Coordinator for the Guide Dog Foundation and America's Vet Dogs. We are a guide and service dog program that places guide dogs with individuals who are blind or have low vision. um, And that's through our Guide Dog Foundation program. Through our America's Vet Dogs program, we place service dogs, PTSD service dogs, and individuals um, who are veterans or first responders. Our program is located in Smithtown, New York on Long Island. With COVID, we are currently open and operational, but just in a little bit of a different way. So if you are interested, we are still able to begin and process your applications, Um, and get you all set up and ready. Right now with COVID, we're a little limited in where we can do placements. All of our placements are being done on a home training basis where an instructor would come out to your home with the dog. And that'll be happening for probably the foreseeable future until things change, travel restriction rise with COVID. Um, At the moment, we are still offering all of our graduate support services, but just in a little bit of a different way. So we have incorporated video visits along with phone call visits for our graduates. We are continuing to offer outreach services. So I'll tell you a little bit about what we do. So our guide dog program uses Labrador Retrievers, Golden Retrievers, Lab Golden Crosses, and then we do have standard poodles for those with allergies to a dog. So if you're interested in applying for a guide dog, the basic things we look at is if you're able to cross streets independently, if there are places that you get out and go to on a regular basis, um, and if you're just kind of ready to welcome a dog into your life. So if you are interested, you can contact me a couple of different ways. The best way to get in contact with us is either by email or phone. Our website is www.guidedog.org. You can call 631-930-9055 or you can email consumer services at guidedog.org. Our um if you have anybody who is interested in puppy raising for a guide dog school, we do have a large presence of puppy raisers down in Georgia. That make it able for us to do what we do and place dogs with individuals. Um, but please do feel free to reach out if you have any questions or are interested in pursuing a guide dog. And I'm really thankful that we had the opportunity to speak with you all today.
11: Okay.
12: All right, thank you, uh, Lauren, for that wonderful presentation. Next up on our list is Guide Light Dog Products, uh, which will be printed presented by, if I'm pronouncing this right, is this uh, K N Rosh? She's there. She has to unmute. Yes, unmute. Okay, K N Rosh, you can go ahead and unmute from Guide Light Dog Products.
6: Feel free to unmute K N.
11: Go back to the window
6: and see if she's unmuted. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're still
11: muted. KM. Um, she is still muted? Does she know what what, what device are you on? Um, does she know how to unmute? If you're on
6: a PC, I just I just sent her an a uh, okay a key to unmute. Okay. All right. Great. Let's see. Kay you should be unmuted. Oh, I'm trying to unmute her.
5: Okay, I yeah, We can't do it on this. I know. Okay.
3: You've, you've unmuted me. This is I've, Jennifer. I'm,
6: thanks,
11: Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to guidelines. Okay. That's what she's doing now for time's sake.
6: Go I'm on. trying to
13: unmute.
11: You will come back to her.
13: Okay. All right. We might be getting there. Yep, yes. Okay. You got awesome. me. <laughs> okay. I was trying and trying. It would not let me on. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm here now. Can everyone hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much for having me here today. Um, yeah, again, my name is Kay Ann Rausch. I am the uh, the uh, doer of the GuideLight Dog products. Um, we're a division of Guide Lights and Gadgets, which many of you are familiar with. We kind of, we, we haven't split off, but we've just kind of uh, divided up a little bit because our product lines are so diverse and there's so little out there for for guide dogs, service dogs, um, and I'm finding even pet dog users are really interested in some of the things that we do. But I originally started this company um, a number of years back trying to get some things out there that were safety oriented to help us be safer out there with our guides. And a lot of these things spilled over into other um, usages as well. I would find things that were being used uh, for, for one set of circumstances that had nothing to do with dogs and I would find them and I'd say, wow, if I put that strip of lights onto a harness handle, that would make us nice and visible at night. So we started selling, that was our first guide lights product. Um, We have a number of different um, lighted things. We also go for travel since many of us um, do travel or at the very least travel around our communities. And um, you know, like to have with us what we need for ourselves and our dogs. Um, we do have things that go onto the harnesses that will carry stuff for you, especially the dog poop holders. Those have gotten very popular because nobody wants to carry the dog poop bag once it's full. Um, but you can slide a full dog poop bag uh, through a little notch, and uh, your dog will carry its own. There are all kinds of things we do, and I couldn't even begin to go into the mall, but they've all been Tested by by us and our dogs, and there are a lot of products we've tried that we don't feel are are good enough or safe enough, and they are not sold. We do most of our work either one on one at the conferences, which obviously we're not doing now, but we do a lot of work by phone. And I really encourage people call me, tell me about your dog, tell me about what your interests are. We do sell a lot of dog toys, and that's a that's a big one here because All of us are concerned about having safe toys for our dogs. So I encourage people to call me. Let's talk about your guide. Let's talk about their style of play, whether they're an aggressive chewer, whether they're the the type that likes to cuddle their toys and carry them around, whether they like to fetch, whether you like to tug. There's a million different aspects that you can go. We really try and match what you're looking for and most interested in, into what your dog will like. We also sell really practical things like uh, bells. I have a particularly dastardly little dog who, um, when she is off duty, I'd better know where she is at all times because she may be up to something she shouldn't be. So she wears a bell all the time. They sell several different kinds of, of bells, um, different gift uh, gift sorts of things for people with dogs or who are interested in dogs, uh, all kinds of grooming um, possibilities. and We try and go with things that are a little different that you might not have seen before. So I encourage you to give me a call. I, I can't really go into specific topics because of the shortness of the presentation, but I do want you to know that we're out here. and. I had a call yesterday from from someone who's actually a good friend and a good customer, and I'm trying to help her find the things that she wants. And she kept apologizing for the time that she was taking. And I finally said, stop, this is why we are here. This is why I want to do this because I want to take this time with you and I want to find the right thing for you. So that's my message to you. For any of you who are guide dog users, for any of you who are are close to a guide dog user, that you think might uh, be interested in a gift item or something they may need, you'd like to surprise them with, or if you have a pet dog or a service dog, um, all of all of the supplies. I do have some smaller and gentler toys for um, even the 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 very small dogs. Um, my neighborhood is picking up on this and. Uh, while we even though we have COVID going, we do have, we have the neighborhood uh factor here going as well. So please call me again. I am KN Rausch. I'm with GuideLight Dog Products. My email is GuideLightDogs at gmail.com. And my phone number 781 286 Nine, six, and I really look forward to hearing from old friends and uh, and all the new friends that are potentially out there that I can be of some service to. Thank you for having me and have a great rest of the convention. Okay.
12: Okay. Thank you, K. N. for that wonderful presentation. Uh, next up on our list is Guide Lights and Gadgets Incorporated. Barry, uh, I hope I pronounced this right, Barry Shira.
14: Let's see if this are we are we in, folks. You are. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Um, this is Barry from Guidelines and Gadgets, and I do the leather and the electronic gadgets part of the Guidelines and Gadgets company. It's getting really nice to get to listen to Kay first because there are sometimes I never get to listen to her when she's doing this. We do well over a hundred products. So I'm gonna try and demonstrate in about seven minutes, one or two quickly, talk about a couple new things with you, talk about a couple of holiday
5: specials. Um,
14: Let me start with one of our probably most popular products that, Totally ended up by an accident two years ago. I call them sound box amplifiers. And what it is, is that some of us who use Victor Streams or Tracks or phones, there are days when wherever we are in our house, we want louder volume. Because we'd like to hear something while we're cooking. Well, these are tiny portable units that you place your phone on top of or you place any other device you want and your volume will triple it uses a principle called magnetic induction which is the magnets of the speakers capture the sound in a chamber and amplify it why this is not more well known because these things are incredible they're cheap you can carry them in your purse just to show you as an example I'm going to do something with this now I've got a talking book on from NLS and you won't be able to hear it much now,
0: everything they've done plays into our hands. That's the one mistake they've made. They're conventional in their defensive. That
14: operation. is the they difference. Between loud and soft of a simple Victor stream, this thing we have, and these things are actually lots of different models of them. Um, that happens to be a brand new stereo model, which is actually a mid-priced model of forty-five dollars. We have them ranging anywhere from twenty-five to seventy-five, depending on what kind. They work with double-A batteries. Some models work with uh, are rechargeable. What we tell people is plastic or battery. Wooden ones are rechargeable, so some of them are a little more decorative. But those are soundbox amplifiers. And I love to demonstrate them because it's something very very simple and it works really really well to give you when you want to when you want to move around and when you want to carry when you want to carry a book or listen to some music with you. A second new thing that we are really excited about, and I know a few of you as a matter of fact. Trivia may be that uh, I don't know if anybody in there knows that my first job out of law school was practicing law in Atlanta. And I spent a couple of years in Atlanta with a law firm, which is basically the next 40 years before I retired and started doing this. But about 15 years ago, we started making a product, and we started making our own infrared talking thermometer. And there came up some issues with it, not as much in the product, but from some of our competition, and we had to basically shut it down after getting into CVS, which made me really unhappy. However, about eight months ago, I did a survey of all of them that are on the market because in this time of COVID, we really need something that's workable. And most of them are terrible. They don't give you the same temperature, same time. You know that if you have them. There is one out there, and frankly, I have just reached a relationship with the manufacturer, that is a thermometer that is a non-contact, so you don't have to touch it to your forehead. It gives you a reading in three seconds and shuts off, and will give you the same reading three times in a row, and is the least expensive of the thermometers that we've been able to see. And I don't know if we're going to hear this, but...
10: Your body temperature is ninety. 7.9 Fahrenheit degrees.
14: I don't know if that was hearable. I hope so. It said 97.9, which is right where I am. It'll give you the same temperature, two more readings. You don't have to touch it to your forehead, which means it's hygienic. What's the best? We are actually able to sell these. Um, again, we work in large sort of relationships with manufacturers, and these right now are going to be $55, including shipping for the holidays. Which and we've been selling these thermometers for anywhere from $75 to $90 with different types of units that are more expensive. We love the thermometer. I think it's needed. It's cool. Third thing is we are a natural distributor for orbit. And we carry the Orbit 20, we carry the Orbit 20+, and we carry the brand-new Braille keyboard, the Orbit Writer. But we call it a bundle because we include other products with it. I don't want to sell a naked Orbit, as I joke with people. So we, we have our own carrying case for the Orbit Writer and your phone, so you can carry it with you when you want to tra- go out and be transporting with it. Uh, we include a neck pouch that gives you a hands-free option. And probably the best thing of all we did is, I'm sure a number of you know Lisa Salinger from formerly Mystic Axe, So now from Hadley, I had Lisa do a startup get started tutorial for the orbit writer that basically gets you on in less than an hour and makes a lot of complicated things simple. So that is a $140 bundle plus shipping, uh, which is $10. We flat ship everything at $10 or less. Um, We have to prepay a lot of stuff. Um, Next thing we do is our most popular leather bag. This is a bag that easily holds a Braille display. I call it an everything bag because once we brought it to somebody, they filled it up and then threw it at me. And it had about 12 pounds of everything in it. And basically, it was a lot heavier than a football. It's got eight compartments. It will hold a 20-cell Braille display. It'll even hold it horizontally so you can pull it up and actually use it. Uh, which is not that difficult to do. We call it an everything bag. This is going to be our best holiday special of the year. We are going to put it on. We are going to put it on sale for twenty dollars plus shipping. The other thing we are known for is our neck pouch, which is a hands-free phone pipe that people use with Ira and Be My Eyes. It allows you to basically use any size of phone. It will actually carry an Orbit writer, although you can't use it in there. And it is, all of our products like this, all of our bags are leather. We have relationships with large leather manufacturers that we've built over the years. That is a $15 neck pouch. We've sold close to 700 of them, and again, it's what a lot of Be My I usually I use. We have pretty much bags for everything. If you want a bag for a note taker, if you want a bag for a laptop, we really customize and look for things from our partners that are protective. I'll give you one example and then I'll move on to finish. When the BrailleNote Touch came out, I got very concerned looking at the back of it about its fragility because it's plastic. So we looked through our partners. It happened to be our company that makes motorcycle accessories called Jam and Leather. And we were able to find and work with them on a case that not only holds the orbit, of, I mean, the umbrella touch plus perfectly, but also holds whatever accessories you need to carry it. It's not a use case. It's a transport case. So we put anything in bag, we, we sort of find. Let me quickly end... By some information, I know K-Gate, I, we're the same company, but we sort of work different divisions because of COVID these days. Um, we are Guidelines and Gadgets. I'm Barry, which is B A R R Y. It's Shoyer, S-C-H-E-U-R. It is guidelightsandgadgets.us. Remember that for the website, us. And you can reach by phone or email. Phone 617, Boston number, but we're in Myrtle Beach, 617. 617- 969 7500 or email is B as in boy, my last name, which is S C H E U R at B Sawyer at my last name again, Shoyer, S C H E U R dot com. It's nice coming back to Georgia and have a great rest of the day in convention, folks. Thanks very much.
12: Hey, thank you, Barry, for that informative. uh, presentation there about your business and uh, be sure to patronize him uh, he's got some products that may I may be interested in myself especially with everybody else. <laughs> here, yeah. especially they're talking about that thermometer there okay we're moving on we, we haven't found custom canes have uh, come into the uh, have has shown up yet so we're going to move I, on I'm now unmuted. we're going to move on to learning ally. Uh, with Abigail Shaw.
15: Good morning, everyone. Um, I am Abigail. I'm calling in from Brooklyn, New York, and I'm really glad to be here with you all. I work with Learning Ally. We used to be called Recordings for the Blind and Dyslexic, or rfb and I split my time at the organization between producing our literature audiobooks and our college success program, so I'm going to touch a little bit on our books and then also share a little bit about our college success program for um, any students you might know or for students that might be calling in or parents. So um, Learning Ally has been around since 1948. We started recording books out of the New York Public Library. Um, there was a woman that wanted to help support veterans coming back from World War II who had been blinded in combat and they weren't able to access the GI Bill because of um, losing their site, So they started recording books there. Uh, Over the years, the format by which our books were being produced has changed from reel to reels and cassette tapes. And at this point in our uh, lives, we're now using an app, our Learning Ally audiobook app, and it can be accessed through your desktop, tablet, or mobile device. We have over 80,000 books in our library, and they are all human-voiced books. Um, So compared to something like Bookshare or other resources that provide them with synthetic speech, all of our books are read by um, human volunteers. And we have two different types of formats of books. We have classic audio, which is pretty much what it sounds like, just the audio. And then we have voice text. And most of our voice text books fall into the um, classic literature, juvenile literature. Um, And these books provide the text and the audio together. So you can use a Braille display, or if you're low vision, you can follow along on the screen. Um, And this has been really helpful for a variety of our of our readers, of course, for students with learning disabilities, it's beneficial, but also for um, parents that are reading with their children that might be cited. Um, for students, you know, being able to have the braille and the audio together or the large print and audio together is really beneficial. You can, if you don't have a membership, you can go to learningally.org and we have a um, household membership. Um, But if you are a student who's blind or low vision um, for most public schools, uh, Learning Ally is a part of accommodation planning. So I would encourage folks, if you have students that are in that K to 12 range, um, to see if it's something that your school is currently providing. And for students that are older and pursuing associates, bachelors, graduate level work, we have the College Success Program And this program started about five years ago, um, actually going on six years ago now, after the organization had done some research to um, the original intention was to find ways that we could better produce our textbooks. And we found through some qualitative research, so it was research that was done over several months, um, and it was all interviews and observations. It was all about the quality, um, you know, versus metrics. And what we found through this research was that the audiobooks were actually serving college students pretty well, um, but that students were struggling with other areas um, and succeeding in college, such as being their own best advocate, you know, making that transition from having an IEP to falling under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And what does it mean to self-disclose to the disability services office? Um, How do you explain to your peers or to a roommate um, what your, you know, what, how your vision impacts your daily life and um, what advocacy looks like in a variety of contexts? Uh, We also found through the research that a lot of students are arriving to college not prepared to use their assistive technology effectively. So, they might have received a laptop with a screen reader, um, a desktop CCTV, a Victor Stream, but they haven't had the opportunity to really integrate those tools and learn how to use them in the college context. Um, and then, some other highlights from our research were just isolation socially. Um, obviously, this year has proven that social isolation is a challenge for. All of us, regardless of ability, um, but specifically with with co- the college landscape, a lot of times students with disabilities um, are marginalized from activities in the classroom, or um, they might receive an accommodation to dorm in a solo um, dorm room to to provide space for all their assistive tech. Um, And although that can be helpful, then we just noticed in the research that sometimes that was an obstacle to socializing and building um, connections with peers, which I think we all know is such an important part of college. So Learning Ally launched the College Success Program, and it's a free program for any student who is in um, college and pursuing an accredited degree. And when you sign up, you get access to all of our audiobooks. Um, you can elect to work with a mentor. We have about 24 mentors who are all blind or low vision and have completed a minimum of their bachelor's degree. And our program is completely virtual. So mentors meet with students um, weekly or biweekly over the phone, on Zoom, FaceTime, you know, whatever method works for them. And mentors are just a peer support. They're there to help students navigate college, to brainstorm, um, to provide insight into career resources and walk along the college journey with students. We also have a monthly webinar series. Um, They happen over Zoom, and then we also have a, a YouTube channel where all of the recordings live. And just in May, we launched a podcast called the College Knowledge Podcast. There's currently four episodes out, and we have four more that will be released probably um, in the next month or two. So it's College Knowledge. If you search for Learning Ally College Knowledge in the iTunes store or on YouTube, you can find us. We're not yet on some of the other platforms, such as Spotify. Um, Or a lot of the other podcasting services, but iTunes and YouTube, you can certainly find us. Um, And our mentors, some of our mentors are the um, hosts for the podcast. Um, And we also have a private Facebook page for students and mentors. So if anyone has questions um, just about Learning Ally as a whole, or more specifically about the College Success Program, you're welcome to reach out to me, Abigail Shaw. My email is AF. Shaw S H A W at LearningAlly.org. That's A as in Alpha, F as in Foxtrot, Shaw SHAW at LearningAlly.org. You're also welcome to call me. My work number is 212-845-7007. And I'm happy to answer any questions you might have about resources for um, you know, reading and and books and other services for blind or low vision individuals and one last plug we have our annual national achievement awards and the deadline to apply is coming up on november 30th Um, so i would strongly encourage anyone who um, is is in college um, looking for scholarships to help offset costs to consider applying um, you can find more on our website learningally.org but thank you all for letting me join you here this morning um, it's been wonderful to listen to other participants, and um, I am so happy that I get to connect with folks, even through Zoom, despite what this year has thrown at us. So thank you so much.
12: Okay, so is next up, since we have Custom Canes at uh, uh, Custom Canes, you can go go ahead and take it away.
6: So Mike, feel free to unmute.
16: All right. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Yes. All right. It's like that. uh, what's that Verizon commercial? Can you hear me now? Good. All right. Welcome, everyone. So glad to be here today and be with you guys. I am uh, James Bame. I am with Custom Kane. That's Kane with. I'm sorry. Custom with a K. Kane with a C. It's singular. And also uh, partnering with my nonprofit that uh, we started about going to four years, is uh, uh, the You Cane Give initiative. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about our products with Custom Cane and then how we have partnered and kind of combined with You can Give. And it's just such a great program because not only can you purchase our products, but also at the same time, you are contributing and providing canes for people all around the world. And so Custom Cane started, I had lost my sight uh, when I was 29 years old. And uh, before that, I had an automotive restyling, customizing business for many years. I was like the pimp my ride kind of thing. Anything you could add, I would do graphics, striping, sunroofs, chrome accessories, things like that. When I lost my sight and I, I went to to buy my first cane there was white there was the right white with the red tip and i did find one black one but that was about it and i'm like well i'm blind now but i still have personality i have style you know and so i used my own my materials i used for signing and graphics and all of that and i created my first black cane with a, the floor lay at the top and a little um bling accent and um and a little tactile charm and when i started meeting people in the blind community they're like well i want a cane i want i want a cane that promotes my business Uh, so i had one guy he had a recording studio here in nashville so we put his his logo and his studio name going down it and then musical notes on a dark blue navy background and then i found out he had told me that he Played the piano, and so I surprised him with that lower section instead of red having the white and black piano keys. And so it was really cool. So then I had another guy say, "Well, I want a Tennessee balls cane." Sorry, Georgia folks. I have done Georgia Bulldogs, so um, so don't worry. But that, it's how that's kind of how it took off. You know, people. This was a new idea that just because I'm blind doesn't mean uh, that. That I don't have style, that I have things that I love, whether it's a sports team, whether it's a hobby, whether it's a certain animal. We can do full color photo. We have literally hundreds of colors to choose from. We have colors that change color. We have material that actually changes color depending on the light the way the light hits it. Uh, we also offer a cane shield protectant, which goes over the cane once we design it and personalize it. And what that does is it protects the cane from wear and tear. So, I've had canes that we've done five, six years ago, or customers will call and say, I need some new tips. I'm like, how's your cane? They're like, oh, still looks brand new, you know? So, uh, unless they order a new, you know, they want to do a, a Christmas cane or they want to do, uh, had one lady, she, Uh, became pregnant, so she did a baby cane with all the the baby colors and the the little ABC blocks and a baby rattle as a charm. You know, we can get very creative. We've done some very interesting canes, Um, but that cane shell protectant keeps your cane from getting worn out, so it lasts longer. And so we've been doing that for, gosh, for eight years now, and um, with that, uh, we also began offering other accessories. So a Bluetooth speaker charm. It's literally the size of an ice cube. Very powerful, clean-sounding, rechargeable Bluetooth speaker. It hangs from the uh, elastic uh, cord of your cane. I had folks put it on their dog harnesses, on their purses, and, or the book bag, stuff like that. So that's really cool. We have many different gadgets, like a Bluetooth A cane finder charm, a whistle finder charm, a cane finder charm. We have lights for the canes. We have lights that you can spiral down the cane and turn them on and off, like little Christmas or LED lights. We have personal alarm charms that you can have for protection. We have hundreds and hundreds of different tactile charms of all different kinds that uh, just add a little style maybe to accent your design on your cane. We also do personalized Braille charms, so those are really cool. They come in many different um, designs and uh, materials. But as I was doing that, and as I was in my master's program at Peabody College of Vanderbilt, we found out that there were a lot of people around the world that did not have canes. They could either could not afford it, like in many parts of Africa, a cane is one hundred and fifty U.S. dollars. Imagine that here, it's like thirty-five, forty in these parts of the world, 150 US dollars, which is a month's worth of rent or food for a family in Africa. So most people don't have canes. They find sticks. Or so I had one lady I met personally last year when I went to Kenya. She was using a piece of pipe, old metal pipe that weighed probably 20 pounds that had even still the, the, the curves from when it was shaped years ago. And that's what she was using for her cane. Um, or people try to cross the streets or try to navigate these rough terrain and streets without a cane. And so a lot of people are actually getting hurt. They're getting hit by vehicles because they have no identification that they are blind or visually impaired. Um, and so when we went to Kenya last, when I went to Kenya last year, to bring canes and solar power talking bibles and teach mobility training they said we have a white cane famine so imagine that a white cane famine and they said what you're doing is saving lives and i was like wow and so when we started the you can give initiative we started reaching out to the council to the federation to Lions Clubs, to other organizations, to AmbuTech, to ls and And they have been, all of you guys have been so supportive. We've gotten a lot of canes from you guys, donating canes that you no longer use. Why throw them away? Why keep them in the closet and let them collect dust? Send them to us. We will restore them. We'll put new vinyl, new elastic, new tips on it. And then we will send them around the world to places where people have never own the cane. And so in these three years going on four, we have sent canes to 16 countries and sent over 665 canes as of this week. And so part of what that is, is by donations that you guys send to us. And part of that now, when we partnered with Custom Cane, um, my idea was Let's just use the profits that we make from custom cane because it was just a side business that I wanted to do to, for creativity, um, be able to do that. But we are using those profits and they go directly to You Can Give. So if you buy a product from us, you buy a new cane, you buy a custom cane or you buy some accessories, um, that those profits will go towards a cane to someone around the world. If you donate any canes to us, you actually get a $15 credit also towards a product of of Custom Cane. So how do you order a cane? Our websites. Here's our websites. So custom cane.com. That's again custom with a K, cane with a C, and it's singular. Our nonprofit U Cane Give Initiative is U Cane, C-A-N-E, Give. Dot org. We are a nonprofit 501c3. So org or customcane.com. We also have a very active Facebook page for both of those. We're constantly posting updates on where canes are going, the needs that we uh, have uh, with Custom cane, we also post pictures of new canes that we've done. Some of the new pro- new colors that we have is a rose gold, um, solid chrome cane, which is kind of cool. Uh, I mentioned our chameleon cane. That's very popular. One of them changes from green to blue to purple. And we have one that just changes from green to purple. We have one that changes from maroon to copper to gold, which is also really, really cool. And so being able to to have these tools for independence um, and to embrace our canes, right? But then with that too, by doing that, we're also helping other people who have never owned a cane, who have never been able to have that autonomy and independence of, of traveling. And so we really encourage you guys to reach out to us you can also call us. My number is 901 483 1515. And all of this is on our website and Facebook page, too. I'll give that to you one more time. It's 901 483 1515. So feel free to call me. We'll give you a free cane consultation and help you design your cane exactly the way you want it. If you want to donate, or send some old canes, just again, just reach out to us by email or check out our website to get that information. But thank you guys so much for your time. And as a thank you to you guys, we also provided a couple um, gift certificates to your convention because Georgia has been so supportive and we wanted, that was our way of saying thank you to you guys for supporting us over the years. So again, my name is James Bame, and thank you so much for your time today.
12: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, James, for that wonderful presentation.
17: Uh, next, up. welcome to this sample of Newsreel Magazine.
14: Newsreel.
17: In the next few minutes, you'll learn what Newsreel is and how to subscribe. The
12: Newsreel.
17: At the end of this sample, we're offering a free three-month trial of Newsreel. The Newsreel. This is Irwin Hot. I'm editor of Newsreel magazine By and For the Blind. It's monthly and available in a variety of formats. Newsreel Newsreel is unique in that many of the articles are submitted in the voices of our blind or visually impaired subscribers. Newsreel was founded in 1958 by Stanley Doran, founder of Pilot Dogs and co-founder of the Central Ohio Radio Reading Service. I'm Erwin Hot. I'm also a founder of the Central Ohio Radio Reading Service and have been involved with Newsreel since the mid-1980s as editor for more than 20 years. Each issue has from 55 to 60 articles on topics such as mobility, traveling with a guide dog and or a king, recipes, book reviews, poetry, music, technology, demonstrations, and much, much more. Here are a few snippets from recent issues.
7: This is Dana Ard. I am wondering what people know about the various smart TVs
5: that are now out there. This is Joan Andrews in Ashkabula, Ohio. I think televisions have gotten really pretty uh, accessible. Paul and I just bought two new televisions, one for downstairs and one for up here. This new uh, LG television that we have. It has Braille on the remote. It says P for power next to the power button, and uh, it says V next to the volume button. The volume will speak and tell you what level it's on, and it says C next to the channel button. Paul got a second television for downstairs, and uh, it talks, too. They both do. If you push the mute button, it says mute, and then when you turn the sound back on, it says volume, and it'll tell you what level you're at. It also has one that's labeled accessibility.
0: Thank you. This is Charles Dickens in Sacramento. The lady that talked about she wasn't able to follow TV because she has a hearing problem. I have hearing aids that uh, have two microphones on and I can adjust them. And one is the TV mode. On the hearing aids, I have what they call the t-coil mode that you get a device and you hook it up to your tv and you can hear through the hearing aids now i'm going to get bluetooth hearing aids that you can do the same thing from
13: tom kaufman and david goldfield doordash now offers grocery delivery the company said thursday it's partnering with meyer and fresh time to deliver to customers in chicago cincinnati milwaukee
18: this Tom Likens, does anybody know about the chameleon braille note taker that is uh, manufactured by Humanware? Thank you.
16: This is Nolan Crabb. I am looking today at a book that
18: I'm hopeful you'll enjoy. And, And if you enjoy a good police procedural and a
16: mystery, this will absolutely rock your house. The Night Fire, Renee Ballard, number three, Harry Bosch, number 22. By Michael Conley.
13: From Nancy Scott. Pandemics teach things. Don't take anything for granted. Don't put things off. Entrepreneurs can be clever. Fun is hopeful. Fun with other people is more hopeful. And magic can appear with the addition or subtraction of one ingredient.
0: Al Subiaga with a question. I was wondering if any of you, especially you totals, Had ever cut your own grass, and if so, how did you do it?
17: That's it for this sample of Newsreel Magazine Buying for the Blind. For more information, call us at 614 469 0700 or 888 723 8737. We are offering a three month trial of Newsreel Magazine for free. It's available on NLS type cartridge or a thumb drive. As a download from our website, on four track cassette or an MP3 CD. Our email is info, info at newsreelmag.org. org. Thanks for listening.
12: Pampered Chef Teresa Flenor. Items have uh,
19: great tactile markings. However, most of them are on the outside of. I want to start it over. Sorry. The um, product the uh silicone prep bowl sets have them on the inside it depends on how, whether you read print, and can feel the uh, indentations so um, i would say no a lot of the majoring isn't accessible however we do have a couple of the big ticket items that a lot of people would not necessarily think to buy because of accessibility issues. And I'd like to show you how the blender, the deluxe cooking blender, and the air fryer are accessible for blind people. They also have a cook, quick cooker, which is Pampered Chef's version of the Instant Pot that is not accessible. So let's start with the blender and the air fryer. The blender they have a wheel and this wheel is has a horseshoe on the front of it with a line going through it it's all indented you can feel this the line the points out of the top of the horseshoe is your guide you have to have that straight up in order to start plug it in turn it on straight up you have custom blend, then you'll turn the wheel to the right and it'll beep, it'll say, custom heating blend. Each time you turn this, it will go to the right, one more, and switch settings. Um, Perfect for accessibility. You have to remember, one, custom blend, two, custom heat, smoothie, alt milk, grind, heated wash, soup, heated puree, jam, and sauce are your settings the air fryer works the same way however the air fryer you have to make sure and there's six settings on the air fryer and point it straight up when you turn it on before you plug it in and turn it on you need it straight up turn it to the right you have air fry and then you go through bake reheat rotisserie roast and Dehydrate not necessarily in that order because I don't remember they are accessible. I would be happy to help anyone now as for safety and I Wish I could spend more time. So please call me if you have any questions all the knives are You have guides or guards uh, coated paring knife right here has a, a plastic cover over the blade Pairing knives uh, have a little tip on the ends. However, it doesn't cover the whole blade, so if you grab it in the middle, you are going to get cut. We have a closing cut here. If you've ever jo- um, tried the butterfly chicken or a pork chop, this here is what you use. It's spring loaded, it's a circle little product. You put your thick piece of meat, your roast. Part of your whatever in here and there's a, a chef's knife It comes right through. You could just slice it right in the middle, lift it up, put it back down and do it again depending on how thin you want them. Close and cut. This is a chef's knife and it has a complete guard on it. You can buy this item with the chef's knife as a set. Close and cut. Wonderful item. This isn't accessible but uh, it's cool. You can make salad in a minute. Salad, don- um, salad cu- uh, cutters. They're scissors. There's a big blade that you, you, when you open it, but there's a red lock, and you pop that lock on the top. It's on the very top. Pop that lock, and you have you can push it down in your bowl. Cut, cut, cut. You have salad in a minute. You can also shred meat with these. This is fantastic. Um, also, the the grater. Okay, one failure, one solid. Um, I call this my uh, my uh. Thank you. My cowboy hat, howdy partner. There's a great. There's a lid over the uh, grater. You slide it down to slide it off, and the cowboy hat um, holds your food. And you put this all together like this. It slides. And I'm, I'm still not doing it right. There we go. And you just up and down with your with your grater. I will tell you that this is sharp. I've caught I've cut myself. It's, uh very sharp. And um, it doesn't feel good uh, when you get that little paper cut on your thumb because you think you could, oh I can get this done fast. No way. Not a, a way at all. So please be careful. Please be safe. And if you have any questions, by all means, please call me, email me, however you'd like to reach me. My information is in your brochure. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my demonstration of Pamper Chef products. And have a great day.
13: Uh,
11: you want to come down listen for a stop share button
10: come up there you go okay,
12: okay. all right thank you teresa that was a great great presentation there good products all right Our last vendor that's coming up is uh, Mike Martinson with Visual Enhancements.
11: I did see him, but I don't see him now. I don't know if he left or not. Um, let me see, I don't, I don't, there's a, a, a phone number ending with 768, area code 404. Can you, you identify yourself, please? I think I saw, uh, area code 404, and last three numbers, 768,
12: please identify yourself. Okay. Reynolds.
11: Okay, okay. All right, so I don't see hybrid. Uh
12: 140768
11: Yeah, we were looking for um, for Mike uh, Martinson, but I don't see him. So see, do we want to open it up for questions? And 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 Teresa uh Um, Yeah, let me see. Teresa, we are just so inspired by you sticking it out and, and, you know, being determined and just showing you what's possible, you know, once you you just put your mind to it and your heart and you have a supportive community. So go for it. You rock. (laughs) Okay, Steve. So I don't see, like I said, I didn't see Mike there. So what would you like to do? Open it up for questions? We do have, uh, we got some time left. We have about seven minutes left.
12: Yeah. You know. Um, Is there any questions for for any of the exhibitors that are here or want to say thank you? Uh, you for do, everyone. You that,
6: have some. You do have some questions on the uh, audience side, if you'd like.
12: Yeah. yeah, I got a question. I have uh, a question.
5: It's Brent. Brent. Uh mm-hmm.
12: Yeah, I noticed when you were putting the pieces of the grater together at one point, you said you moved this in this. Uh, for a totally blind person, could you elaborate?
11: There's a question for
19: you, Teresa. Yeah, Hi, Teresa. Um, yes, I sure can. Um, what it is, the the part that holds your food is in two pieces. The the part, um, there's a, a wide part that will hook on the sides of the grater like a rail on each side so you can move it up and down. And then the center part fits over it that'll actually got the little posts that come down that go in your food. And it's kind of, once you get it all together, it's shaped like a cowboy hat. And so once you get food in it, the, the center of it's going to stick way up. And, you know, you'll put it in, in your hand and you'll move it up and down in your, the base of your, or you know, your the center of your hand is going to be pressing down on that food. And so that you can bring it, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. over a bowl or whatever you're using, you know, you're grating into whatever uh, dish that you're cooking. Does that make sense to you?
12: Yeah, it sounds kind of like a mandolin-type device.
19: Exactly. Yes. That's exactly correct. And it's all, um, once you put that um, food grabber, that food holder on there, the blades are, you know, your hands are not on the blades directly, like you know, on some of the um, lower lower cost models or lower, you know, some, you know, I went to uh, Kroger once and found um, a mandolin, you know, for like twelve bucks, and and my friend was fr- um, slicing potatoes and and took part of her finger with her, you know, because it the safe the safety guards are not foolproof. Um, these are. Because if I'd have been, I would have cut already. It, I mean, it's because I'm just that quick, and you know, I I do things, and sometimes I I don't use all the safety that's available to me, and and I and I pay for it. So when I buy products like this, I make sure that I I get what I need out of it, so that I don't make myself a statistic.
12: Okay. uh, I think we have somebody that has a hand raised. Yes.
6: It's um,
20: Mary Woodard has a question. Um, I didn't actually have a question. I just wanted to give a shout out to Learning Allies College Success Program. I know that my son Tommy used it for, um, I want to say, his entire college um, time. And um, he thoroughly benefited from the support that the mentors gave him and from all the Learning Ally programs. So if anybody has a student or knows of one that's getting to be close to that age, I would
10: highly recommend it. Cool. Yeah,
11: think so Does anybody else have their hand up? It looks like Janet. Hi, Janet. This is the yeah,
21: would you. Yeah. Yes. Hi, how are you? You're doing a great job, both of you. I just wanted to say that I bought a cane from Custom Canes, and uh, James and Wendy
7: made it beautiful. I love it. I made it an evening cane so that when I was going out in the evenings, I had some bling and some shine, and I just love my Custom cane.
11: Dan. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah I, I do it for my walking stick. I, I glam them up. You know, so, uh, yeah, my my staffs that I, I use um, to help me out with my mobility. So, yeah, it does make a difference. <laughs> it does make a difference. Thanks, Yeah. Okay. Any more hands up there? Any questions? I see anything right this minute. Yeah.
6: Okay. All right. Oh, yes, we do. Todd, you will see an AFSA unmute on your screen.
11: who was that it was todd okay yeah you got the attendee side go to the attendee side here okay 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 you know um i know that um that mike was there and he might have thought that he wasn't gonna have enough time or you know i don't know i hope everything's okay with him mike martinson He's been with us previous conventions. He's with mm-hmm. Visual Enhancement. So we just hope everything's okay with him.
12: Yeah, his website is visualenhancements.com, and he has a variety of products for the blind, for the visually impaired, like screen readers and uh, magnifiers, all kinds of nice products. So you can visit his website.
1: So, if we don't hear from Todd, we need to move into door prizes before our next session begins.
0: So, if our door prize people are ready, we will take some door prizes because the business section, the business session is coming up. So, we need to.
2: Okay. Yes. So
0: door yes, I am
2: ready. Okay, we don't see any hands up. We I'm ready. All of our vendors, before we go, let's thank all of our bre- vendors for such a yeah. presentation and hope we come
11: out with- and support them. And once again, thank you. the information was informative and it's going to
5: enhance our everyday lives so take it to the drawings. <laughs> take it away. Okay. okay our next our next prize we
3: have a $30 gift card for bath and Body works and Jamaica's drawing us a number right now. It's number 44. Okay, and number 44 on the list is Eugene Batkey. Congratulations, Eugene, on that $30 gift card for Bath and Body Works.
0: One more. We'll just
3: write that down. We've got got two more, actually, to do quickly before the session ends. That's right. Next, next i have a um this was donated from guidelight dog products we've got the uh, a waste pack that's water resistant with an adjustable web strap and assorted pockets and compartments for you to keep things in while you're out walking with your dog so um, jamaica what number do you have for us on that one
2: okay it's number 65. All right,
3: number 65 on the list is Belinda Collins. Belinda, congratulations. You've won the waste pack from Guide Light Dog Products. Our last prize now is from Pampered Chef it is the breakfast sandwich maker and ebook to make some delicious breakfast sandwiches in your microwave. So what's the number Number that you have for us, Jamaica? Number 10. All right. Number 10. Number 10 on the list is Jeff Stump. Congratulations, Jeff, on the breakfast sandwich maker.
0: Okay. And that's all we
3: have for this
7: session.
0: Thank you so much for the Door Price people. I tell you, y'all are just dynamic. Okay. It's... uh. About time to move into the next session, and that is our business session. And we are going to turn the program over now to the GCB president, Alice Richard. Are you ready?
7: I am indeed. Good. Good morning, everybody. We're going to call the meeting to order, um, and I hope that our first person is here. I know he tried to call me, but. I could not answer my phone because I'm using my phone for this. And if I got out of it, I'd never get back in. So (laughs) um, we're going to start with the Pledge of Allegiance. So if you are here, Dexter, could you please raise your hand so you can be unmuted? He is here. He is here. Oh, good. If you could please unmute him for our Pledge of Allegiance. Yes. Thank you. Thank can you, you Dr. Me? for joining us. Yes, we sure can. Thank you.
22: Well, it's a pleasure for inviting me to say the Pledge of Allegiance. And we'll all try to get it
14: together and you guys could join in. So I'll begin in one, two, three.
5: I pledge, I pledge allegiance to, to flag the flag to the of the flag,
1: United States, States of America, of America
5: and, and to the republic for which it, stands,
4: which it stands,
7: stands,
14: one nation under God indivisible with liberty
5: and justice, and justice
7: for all you. wow thank you so much desk uh dexter and thank you for the service to our country that you gave um just so you all know dexter is a member of the augusta chapter and is um a retired from oh, is visit so again thank you dexter for that and next up, we'll have Betsy um, lead us in God Bless America. So Betsy... She should actually be on. on... I am here, Alice. Okay, good. God bless America
22: Let us let
5: with the lights high from above, from the
3: mountains
7: to
22: the prairies, to the ocean white with blue. God bless
13: America, my home sweet.
7: Wow! Thank you, Betsy. That was beautiful.
5: Great job.
7: Yep, great job. Thank you. All right. And so, next up, we have Sharon Nichols from uh, and Betsy is one of our large members. I'm sorry. Let me just say that. And also, secretary for the uh, George Council of the Blind. So, thank you, Betsy. Next up, we have Sharon Nichols, who represents the Northwest Chapter, and. Sharon is going to lead us in this morning's invocation.
5: Good morning. Can you all hear me? Yes, ma'am. I hope everybody's having a good morning. Thank you for allowing me to pray this morning. Dear Jesus, we pray you'd bless our meeting this morning. Thank you for allowing us to have it. Lord, I pray you give everyone wisdom as they uh, participate in the business meeting and the rest of the day, Lord. Keep everyone safe, and thank you for all you're going to do in our lives, and thank you for having allowing us to have this connection. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen.
7: Thank you so much, Sharon. Now I know next on the agenda it says that we're going to have the secretary's minutes, but before we do that, I there was confusion last night, and one of the um, recipients of the um, awards, the state awards, was not on the call to receive it. And my understanding and my hope is, is that that he is here today and that's Roderick Parker who received the Walter R. McDonald award. Um, here. So is he here? Good. Okay. But before um, we hear from Roderick uh, once again, DJ, are you here? Yes, ma'am. Okay. DJ is going to reread his nomination letter. And then um, I will, um, let
20: Roderick say a few words. Okay. Dear Georgia Council of the Blind, Walter, Walter R. McDonald Committee, thank you for your time and commitment to this very prestigious award. As we continue to honor the memory of Mr. Walter R. McDonald, I am reminded of his legacy as an outstanding leader. These are unique and rare individuals that leave a lasting impression right from the start. These people often prove themselves to be a beacon of hope and strength for everyone in their path. This nominee is a gentleman who approaches his life's challenges with passion and perseverance. Mr. Parker demonstrates integrity as he strives to give each individual the opportunity to express their ideas and opinions in a non-threatening manner. I witnessed his strong leadership skills firsthand over the many years we worked together in the Georgia Coalition on Blindness. He has often requested to share his vocational strategies on the coalition's employment committee as he is a massage therapist. His business is known as Inversion, which uses massage as part of the holistic approach to healthy living. Mr. Parker never failed to capture his coalition audience as he shared his positive career story filled with hope and success. In 2015, Roderick Parker began his service as the Georgia Council of the Blind's parliamentarian. He was the first professionally trained parliamentarian in the history of the Georgia Council of the Blind. He enabled GCB board members and officers to follow Robert's rules of order with dignity and transparency. With his continuing education as an active member of the Atlanta Association of Parliamentarians, Mr. Parker served GCB in a very professional manner. He is always learning and developing his knowledge and skills. Mr. Parker is valued and honored by his fellow parliamentarians, and he has served as their chair as part of his contribution to the Parliamentarian Association. In the spirit of service, Mr. Parker exhibited confidence and commitment as he was one of few visually impaired individuals to serve on the board of directors of the Center for the Visually Impaired in Atlanta. He remained on the CVI board for 10 years. In addition, he volunteered with the school-age students in the STARS program at CVI. As a person always working hard to do their best, Mr. Parker completed the involvement program, which is a training program that develops leadership skills and increases volunteer participation in nonprofit boards across greater Atlanta. Training included fundraising, strategic planning, marketing, and financial and legal decision making. In 2019, Mr. Parker faced his most critical challenge of all when he suffered a major stroke and stayed in the hospital and rehabilitation for many weeks. Once again, his strength and determination has paid off as he has made giant strides in his recovery. He is determined to regain all of his skills and abilities. He is well on his way. Please give strong consideration to Mr. Roderick Parker for this year's 2020 Walter R. McDonald Award. Thank you, DJ. So Roderick, we
7: would... I'd like to present you with a plaque, which you will be receiving. And at this point, if you would like to say a few words. Hello. Hi, we can hear you. Go ahead, Roderick. You can hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, you're unmuted, Roderick.
18: Okay. I'm completely surprised and honored i humbled by this uh, presentation because I certainly did not see it coming. Uh, I'm happy to uh, let you know that, uh, as you know, I did have a stroke. And fortunately it was not a severe stroke. So I am still on the meals but feeling really good about uh, moving my life forward and things uh, moving in a forward way and continue to do what I do best. And it's to serve in um, my uh, participation in the National Association of Parliamentarians. I think it is still needed uh, throughout the United States. And so I'll continue to do that in any way that I can and continue to do that. Um, and I, again, I am so honored by every minute and day that I spend with the Georgia Council. Uh, it's an awesome um uh, council It's always been someone um, that has worked hard to move the blind community forward in a positive way and to be strong in our convictions of what we should be having and what we should not be having. And so I, I share. And, and again, I'm completely honored by the, uh, my, uh, being able to serve and to work beside some of you um, who have uh, done such a great job of presenting and and moving us forward. So uh, thank you so very much for the honor and and this plaque. I will certainly uh, place it somewhere on my wall immediately so that it could be seen and, uh, I will also share with the National Association of Parliamentarians to know that we're doing what we need to be doing. And that's that's really, really important. So uh, and thank you, Alice. Uh, I can't say enough for working beside you and all of you and the board and all of you for all that we've done together. And I look forward to being in this circle for as long as I possibly can. So thank you.
7: Thank you very much, Roderick. And yes, Roderick has been very good at keeping me in check because we all know Alice needs to be kept in check. So thank you, Roderick. I appreciate it. All right. Next up, we will go ahead and uh, hear from our secretary. We cannot at this point, there will not be any voting because of, of the fact the way our constitution that is doesn't allow. But we want the membership to know what's going on. And so, Betsy, if I'm going to let you take over and do the secretary's minutes.
22: Thank you, Madam President. Georgia Council of the Blind Annual Membership Business Meeting, Philadelphia Baptist Church, 4031 Davis Academy Road, Rutledge, Georgia, 30663, May 4th, 2020. Call to order. President Alice Richard called the meeting to order at ten o'clock a.m. Fred McDade gave the invocation. Roll call. Betsy Grinovich. Those present were Alice Richard, GCB President; Bill Jones, First Vice President; Jamaica Miller, Second Vice President; Betsy Grinovich, Secretary; Marcia Farrell, Treasurer; Valerie Hester, Member at Large Representative; Jerry Tony Athens. Deborah Lovell, Augusta, Patricia Ganger, East Georgia, Fred McDade, Northwest, Tanya Clayton, Rome Floyd, Marge Snyder, Savannah, Taya Folks, Mansa, South Atlanta, Amanda Wilson, Digest Editor, Teresa Brenner, GGDU, Roderick Parker, Parliamentarian, and Steve Longmire, Webmaster. Members and guests ray campbell guest karen campbell guest stephanie woods guest kay mcgill member shirley robinson guest tim miller guest diane miller guest robin oliver member charles stubblefield member don wells guest cecily nipper jr member cecily Nipper senior guest dj mcintyre member linda mcdermott guest sharon nichols member Hope Thigpen guest, Daniel Thigpen <laughs> guest, Esther Thrash member, Todd Taransky member. Approval of minutes, Betsy Grinovich. Betsy read the minutes from the 2018 annual general business meeting. Deborah Lovell made a motion, which was seconded by Teresa Brenner to approve the minutes as read. The motion passed unanimously. Treasurer and Finance Report, Marsha Farrow. Jerry Tony, and D.J. McIntyre. These numbers are based on amounts at the end of April 2019. GCB main checking account balance, $7,499.53. This amount includes funds for general operating expenses, which is $3,339.78. The Martha Craig Memorial Fund is also included in this account. The fund originally started with $650 and some of it was used to pay for Karen Campbell's flight to our conference and convention The amount that is now left of this fund is $361 and 61 cents. This amount will be sent to the Georgia association of the deaf blind older blind fund, $3,799 and 14 cents. We have assisted a gentleman and his wife to attend. Dining in the Dark at Vision Rehab Services and brought two first-timers to our conference and convention this year. We have spent a total of $600 from this fund this year. Conference account $3,941.55. This amount includes $302.50. That is part of the first-timer scholarship. This amount will be moved to the scholarship account. It will be kept under a line item in the scholarship account. Alwin Cora Camp Scholarship Fund $3,019.30. This account is fed through the WAVE financial account. We spent $4,000 on four $1,000 college scholarships and $1,170 on two leadership scholarships for Tanya Clayton and Teresa Brenner to attend the legislative seminar in Washington, D.C. Money market account, $5,742.06. We receive about $60 a year in interest. Marsha would like to look at other options for earning more interest on these funds. This is considered our emergency account. Long-term investment account, $18,312.48. We began this account with $17,000. As of this report, we have earned $1,312.48 in interest. This account does not mature until March 2021. Wave Financial Money Market. As of March 2019, we had $64,293.06. Marcia spoke with Jeff Hanna, our investment advisor, to find out if we can do better on the amount of interest that we earn. We do not need to keep adding to the scholarship account from this account because we can make withdrawals as needed for scholarships. In December 2018, the amount dropped to $60,915.31. Conference and convention. Attendees, 76 are attending the conference and convention. This does not include all other volunteers. Auction, we raised $852. Banquet, we served 60 at the banquet. Certificate of appreciation. Cecily Nipper, Jr. presented the Certificate of Appreciation to the hotel manager. Donations. We gave donations to the church who hosted the conference and convention. Father Dan, who prepared the banquet meal. Timothy Jones, who provided music during the banquet. And the people who ran the tour. Registrations. 47 people actually registered for the conference and convention. Marsha Farrow made a motion to file for audit and the motion was seconded by Jerry Tony. The motion passed unanimously. This report shows activity from January through April 2019. The amounts will show what was projected, what was received, and the difference. Membership dues $3,025, $2,581, $80, $443.20. Interest income two hundred and two hundred. $200 and $200. Fundraisers 150-150. MMS program 200 200 General fund donations zero. $279.13. Which we had a, a two hundred seventy-nine dollars and thirteen cents. Legislative products, fifty-nine forty-seven, zero. Legis fifty nine forty seven. $59.47. Discretion funds, $150, 68 218 Total projected revenue, $3,784.47. Total collected revenue, $2,860.93. Difference of $923.54. Projected expenses. President's travel, $900. Spent $20, $880. Operation cost, $1,500. Spent $204. Difference, $1,296. GCB awards. Projected 200, spit 200. GCB Digest, 400, spit 115.56, leaving 284.44. Office supplies, 200, 200. ACB membership dues, projected 1,000, received 840, a difference of 160. Discretionary funds, 218, 218. Legislative projects, 59.47, $59.47 parliamentarian $500, $500, public relations 200 200 total projected expenses 5177 total spent $1, $1,179.56, difference of $3,997.91, line item donations to the older blind fund, amount in the fund $4,274.14, $125 was donated, four thousand three hundred ninety nine dollars and fourteen cents this next group shows remaining balances region's visa card ten dollars and five cents new convention attendees three hundred five dollars and fifty cents martha craig memorial fund six hundred fifty dollars estimated in-kind donations two thousand dollars Fred McDade moved and Amanda Wilson seconded to accept the finance report. Marge Snyder wondered why scholarship expenses were not in the budget. Marcia explained that in the past, we have left it up to the scholarship committee about how much to spend on scholarships based on what is in the way financial accounts. Marge explained that since it is an expenditure, it should be represented in the budget. She made a motion to amend the current motion to include the projected expenditures for scholarship be included in the proposed budget. Chester Thresh seconded the motion. There will be consultation to discuss the projected amount for the scholarship budget. The motion with the amendment passed unanimously. President's report, Alice Richard. Alice, along with Teresa Brenner, Tanya Clayton, and John and Valerie Hester, attended the the Mid-Year President's Conference, and the Legislative Seminar in Washington, D.C. While there, they found out that the ACB office will provide one hour of free grant writing training. At the meeting, they also talked about some affiliates using phone conferencing to do their meetings. They are using the Zoom conferencing system. They also talked about membership retention. Alice has been receiving an overwhelming number of calls from people of college age through seniors who have no idea where to go for help once they have lost their vision. Because of this need, she has spoken to Dorothy Griffin with NFB of Georgia and Stephanie Scott, and on June 15, the first meeting of the Georgia Vision Alliance will be held. The meeting will take place at the Center for the Visually Impaired in Atlanta. This group will be made up of all of the stakeholders in Georgia. Amanda will be sending out an announcement with all of the details. Alice tried to get a meeting with the governor about this problem, and he had her meet with Sean Casey, who is now director of Georgia Vocational Rehabilitation Services. She spoke with Sean on Wednesday. He admits to knowing there are problems. He has been invited to this meeting in June. Chris Fleming, who is overseeing the program side of vocational rehab, is all, has also been invited. New voting machines. After speaking to the Secretary of State's office, we were told that we have been included concerning the choice of the voting equipment, but no one from GCB or NFB has been contacted. People at Georgia Tech were looking for people to try the new machines, But by the time we found out about it, all of the slots for the totally blind were filled. They were still looking for some low vision participants. We are also working on being able to vote via absentee ballot. ACB Angel Wall. The organization has the Angel Wall as a fundraiser to honor and remember members that have passed. It costs $500 to put a name on the wall, which is done at the annual ACB conference and convention. The wall has Braille on it listing each person, and the member gets personal gets a personal web page as well. We would like to honor Ann Sims by adding her to the angel wall. We will get pictures of Ann and her brother Otis to put on her web page since he was a past president of ACB. At the National Conference and Convention in July, Betsy will read the tribute to Ann Sims. Alice thanked all of the volunteers for making this conference and convention a success. Legislative report, Tanya Clayton and Teresa Brenner. Three imperatives were covered at the ACB Legislative Seminar in Washington, D.C. in February. Autonomous vehicles. Uber and Lyft may begin using autonomous vehicles. ACB wants to make sure that a visually impaired person could operate one of these vehicles in a safe manner. They heard speakers from GM address this issue. They want to make sure that the legislation that is passed will include the visually impaired community. We will need to work with the legislators in Georgia to make sure that this happens. The current legislation requires everyone have a driver's license in order to operate one of these vehicles. Accessible, durable medical equipment. This concerns mostly the equipment that is needed by diabetics. They heard a panel of people explain how difficult it is currently to check their sugar levels. Medicaid coverage with low vision devices. We want our legislators to support legislation that would make Medicare or Medicaid cover devices that would help the visually impaired community be able to maintain independence in their personal lives. If you do not have the number of the national representative or senator for your area, you can call your local voter registration office or your local library to request this information. While our GCB members were in Washington, D.C., they met with all of the representatives and senators from Georgia and shared the imperatives with them. If they did not meet them personally, they left handouts with their receptionist. Website update, Steve Longmire. They have addressed the feedback from last year's business meeting concerning the website. The site is now more responsive to different devices. The text will expand and contract. You can now change the color, the size of print, background, and foreground colors. The menus are easier to read with screen readers. You can skip to the main part of the site. There is more security on the site against malware and viruses. And an SSL certificate has been implemented, which helps with search engine ability. Donation, Don Wells, owner of Angel Eyes Fitness and Nutrition. She is seeking a partnership with GCB, ACB, and Lions Clubs International
2: concerning
22: funding of a virtual sense. She is also seeking funding for transportation for those who cannot afford it but wish to attend her classes in person. She would also like to purchase more equipment. Currently, there are classes in Covington and in East Point, and they are hoping to offer more locations. At the remote site, Zoom is being used. Dawn is requesting $500 at this time. This would be used to purchase more equipment for the remote locations. There would be tech people at the remote locations, as well as volunteers from Lions Clubs. The classes can be streamed from home as well using Zoom. Ray recommended that we contact Leslie Spoon, to get ACB involved in this project. He said this could also be mentioned in the Braille forum and on ACB radio. Marcia made a motion that GCB contribute $500 to Don's project with Angel Eyes, Fitness and Nutrition and the motion was seconded by Mary Woodyard. The motion passed unanimously. CAP Stephanie Woods. Stephanie talked about the Client's Assistant Program CAP. They provide information about the Federal Rehabilitation Act, qualification for services, how to get involved with your local vocational rehabilitation office, your rights, what services should be received, helping with requests, negotiations on your behalf, advocating for working with third-party vendors, and obtaining legal representation if needed. They also have a statewide resource list. They provide training on changes in vocational rehabilitation. They also help file complaints against the Georgia Vocational Rehabilitation Agency. They will do intake over the phone and can email or mail documents when a signature is needed. Todd suggested that we put a link for CAP on our website. You may reach CAP at 800-922-8227. New business, free matter for the blind rules, information concerning these regulations will be posted on our GCB Facebook page, on our website, and in the GCB Digest. Angel Wall, in reference to discussion about the ACB Angel Wall earlier in the meeting, Betsy made a motion for GCB to make a donation of $500 in memory of Ann Sims to include her on the ACB Angel Wall. The motion was seconded by Jamaica Miller. The motion passed unanimously. MMS, Ray Campbell. He spoke about donating to the monthly monetary support program through ACB. 50% of what you donate to the program goes to an affiliate of your choice. Thank you, various speakers. Ray and Karen thanked us for our Southern hospitality. They also thanked our volunteers. Alice thanked Jamaica and Cecily Jr. for all they did for the conference and convention. Next year's conference and convention, everyone, Marcia recommended that for 2020, we have too many conferences and conventions. These would be in conjunction with our board meetings. There would be one in the spring and one in the fall. They would take place in two different areas of the state. Marge spoke in favor of this proposal. She made a motion that Alice... Appoint an ad hoc committee that consists of five people to develop a proposal for future conference and conventions. Deborah Lovell seconded the motion, and the motion passed unanimously. Presentation of a plaque Alice Richard. A plaque was presented to Pastor Stephen Chambers, thanking the church for allowing us to use their facility for the conference and convention. Announcements. Marge Snyder wanted people to take any extra tomato plants that were left over from the children's carnival home with them. Adjourn. We adjourned at 12.06 p.m., respectfully submitted by Betsy Grinovich, secretary.
7: Thank you, Betsy, very much. Um, Boy, our our best laid plans as far as future conferences sure got a wrench thrown in it, didn't it? (laughs) Uh Uh We're going to move on because we still got a lot to cover and we want to get everything in. So next we'll hear from our treasurer, Marsha Farrow. Okay, thank you, Alice. I, I was
5: muted and I was trying to get unmuted there. Uh, I appreciate everybody's um, Listening and being a part of this convention, it's great. Uh, We're going to move ahead, and Betsy, you did a wonderful job explaining our finances in your notes for uh, our past uh, conference time. So I'm going to move ahead to things more at present, and then if we have time for questions, we'll we'll take that up. Um, In our main account with GCB, Um, and and we do have a lot of money in there, but I'm going to explain that for those of you who haven't received it already in email. We have $11,925.23. Our senior fund, which we are, of course, extremely proud of our senior fund because we are doing such great work with that fund, and we currently stand at $4,158.43. And that does sit within the GCB main account. We also have a fund which was donated to us. And Alice is going to talk a little bit more about that later on uh, from one of our uh, politicians in, our, in Georgia who donated $3,800 to GCB, and that is potentially in um, in process to be used for a specific area. We also now have a legal defense fund at $1,000. The donor waited a little bit to decide what they wanted to do with that. And recently contacted me and said that they would like to have that set aside for legal defense. Um, and I'm sure that will be talked about further uh, when Alice gives her report. We have within our checking account, in our main account right now, we do have our PayPal. We, if, for those of you who don't know this, we say it quite a bit. We have PayPal connected to our GCB main account, which ends in 9530. for those of you who follow the details. And currently sitting in that account, um, we have $921.10. Now, that might fluctuate a little bit if we had some late registrations, and we will be moving that money into our conference account. But I just want to advise you that right now it is in that main account uh, in our um, uh, operating funds. And again, this number may change slightly due to PayPal. Will Jerry and I will you know, and Phyllis Waters, our accountant, will make sure the numbers are absolutely perfect. But right now, uh, two thousand two hundred and thirty-eight dollars and six cents is what we have for our general operating costs for GCB. In our uh, scholarship account, the Al and Cora account, the scholarship account, we have $1,874.70. As Betsy's already read, we voted to stop the interest from moving into that account automatically with our Way financial investments. And as Betsy said, we will be requesting that as needed. And we did, of course, uh, present two $1,000 scholarships this year, and that may be addressed later as well. Uh, We also established a GCB uh, uh, CD, Uh, And that was um, as a direct request. Marge, um, like others, had noted that we didn't get much interest. And I do want to make one correction, uh, just a slight correction in in the uh, Treasury, I mean, in the Secretary's report, which may be my fault. I'm not going to say. But prior to the moving of that CD, creating this CD that I'm about to talk about, we were only receiving $0.60 a year in interest, $0.60 a year. Uh, And so, you know, with that, that was, of course, terrible. I was able uh, to secure a a 13-month investment with Regions, and we did earn, uh, at least this time, $69.63, $69.63, which we just got that uh, in October, actually. Uh, and so just just this, you know, this past October. Uh, so with that said, that's a good thing. But um, sort of like the good news and the bad news, uh, with this whole political climate that we're in, and we'll talk about this at another time when we have more time, but the um, the interest rates are way down, and uh, I couldn't even secure it in, in that CD that I had before. So we're way down again in what we'll be receiving from that. But that's okay. we'll We'll talk about that later and look for a better investment for that money. Uh, we have a long-term investment. We invested that four years ago. And we were, it was really fortunate that we were able to secure that. Uh, it was a good, good little deal there with the regions at that time. Uh, we invested $17,000 and currently we have, uh, $1,863.34 and uh, we accrued last year $364.37 and that is of course compounded interest. So, we we have done well with that low risk investment, and and I'm really really proud of that. And and again, just for those of you uh, who are following the details, we've talked about this. Okay, I want to jump back just real quick to the CD that I spoke about uh, earlier that was five thousand sixty nine sixty three. That was we moved that out of our money market account again because it was only getting the sixty cents a year, and we invested five thousand dollars. That's that was the round figure that we needed to invest. We moved the remaining uh, seven hundred dollars and some change into our checking account, our main account, ninety five thirty. One reason to make certain that we had funds to pay for our liability insurance and cover all those costs. So uh, just for you all who kind of are saying, oh, what happened to the um, the money market account? Well, it no longer exists. Um, Way Financial, we've had some recent changes with Way Financial because uh, like everything, things change right in the financial space. Uh, the financial world and so i've been on the phone on and off with and i'm looking for my august total has anybody got that august total i don't know what happened it's not on my coffee this is crazy anyway um if somebody has that i sent it out but now i don't know what happened to it this is weird it's just not here on this coffee but, but to just overview our investments with Way Financial, which are running around $62,000, uh, we, we have had changes in that investment to swab. Uh, I called uh, Katie Priest and Jeff Hanna at Way Financial to find out you know, what was going on. Uh, with our investments, and to remind Katie that she had not, which she typically does, send us uh, the copies of the bank statements or the financial statements in Word, and then I send them out, and we are no longer getting those, and uh, I just really realized that this morning that uh, apparently, and I maybe I knew it, it's a, lot, you know, it's a lot to keep up with, but we're not getting those sent to us in paper, and not that that helps us, except we were getting those sent to us in paper, and therefore, I was able to get that out to you from the paper copy, but we are, for some reason, they're not doing it, and I guess it's a, a paper-saving deal. But anyway, the way... The Way Financial folks, Jeff, Hannah, and those folks, we've been, we've had this investment with Art Way for, you know, for many, many years. It was with him when it was under the Atlanta uh, chapter before they donated it to us. Uh, but anyway, that has changed to Swab. And, and so when it's in transition, and Katie, um, Katie and I are working together. We're going to uh, include Phyllis Waters, our accountant. Uh, she will be able to go on and help us collect some data, you know, because obviously she has site and these websites are, are difficult for us to use. So, uh, Phyllis is going to be able to access the stars, website stars, and, and really help us stay on top of things that we have difficulty with. And so, um, anyway, with that said, um, we are in transition with our financial, uh, status with Wade because of Swab. Uh, Also, in our um, GCB main account, as you all know, and I did send out some reports on our senior fund, and and of course, we're all very proud of our senior fund and the fact that we have had such great support with that. We served 12 uh, individuals last year, and... um, Let's see, we, I know I said what we have, but I wanted to give you the amount. We had $1,500 donate, donated uh, to us for the account just recently. And we, we also gave away approximately $1,500. I've got that number somewhere. I, I don't know. I've got a couple of different copies of my. Report and I did send those all out so you have them. But anyway, we did serve 12 people. We bought talking watches, pen friends. We repaired a Perkins brailer for a lady. We bought white canes, color identifiers. We paid for one lady to get her chaplaincy license and and we sent a gentleman to a, a dining in the dark event so as you can see with our senior fund we are doing a lot of diverse uh you know we're buying things we're buying devices but we're also looking at activities of of ways that we can support people and help them to be a part of their community and to um, really use our money to, to broaden the lives of people who are visually impaired. And, and we know devices are important. Yes, they are important. But for those who are not quite there yet with devices and um, need other types of support, our fund allows us to be flexible so that we can do what we need to do to help people um, in in many other ways. So um, that pretty much covers the highlights of our financial picture, I guess we could say.
7: And um, Alice, do we have time for any questions or should no, I? No, not right now. We'll, we'll take them when we get to the, the, the part where we're going to allow membership input. But we okay. need to move along for time purposes. So thank you, Marsha, very much. Um, and folks just hang on to your questions that you have. She will be here. DJ, if you will go ahead then with the finance report, you and Jerry.
20: Okay. Um, so I have the report. I'll let Jerry, um, you know, get ready to get unmuted. I have the report from Phyllis, our bookkeeper, um, on what she's been up to the last couple months since we brought her on board. Um, the first thing was she set up a Quicken account for us, so now, She can start importing all of the things um, from the bank account digitally and be able to keep track. She can print us off any report we need. Um, So that's, I know, been a big deal for her. She's also reconciled um, this year's from January, I think, to October or September into Quicken, making sure everything um, makes sense. She has completed the Secretary of State reports that are due um, January of this coming year. Um, And those did get sent out to the board members. And then she's also worked on um, the donation form that was needed for um, a large donation we're getting today. And then also just for future reference. And then her next job is putting in all previous years into Quicken, being able to have those reports ready and be able to access them at any time. So that is the report from our bookkeeper. And then Jerry, whatever you have. The finance committee met, and it was decided that the PayPal account,
6: if we cannot straighten it out, is going to be closed and another PayPal account be opened. And that was pretty much the discussion, other than a few other going over the budget and making a couple of label changes that DJ asked me to make.
7: Okay. Thank thank you both, DJ and Jerry, for all your hard work. Um, appreciate that. And we'll talk a little bit more. Y'all have heard from both Marcia and, and DJ. Alice, can I just add one thing? Uh, hold, hold on one second. Hold on. You've heard about the bookkeeper, and I will talk more about that in my president's report. Go ahead, Marsha.
5: I just want to add one thing here. I had made a separate report Because I think it is significant, and our for the support of our seniors, fifty five and older, uh, we spent one thousand six hundred and eighty eight dollars and fifty four cents in assisting seniors uh, this year. So just know that that money is is being spent well. I just wanted to add that. Thank you.
7: Okay. Thank you. All right. We're going to move along. Um, Our next person up is miss kay mcgill who is actually this, um, the state i don't know what she can tell her exact title but she's over the older blind program for the state of georgia for those 55 and older so kay if
21: you will please introduce yourself and you have 10 minutes Oh boy. Okay. Good. Good. morning. Hold your hats on. I'm, I've got it ready. <laughs> this is going to be really hard because I'm sitting down to do this <laughs> so I, I you can hear me. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Kay McGill and I am the statewide program manager of Georgia's Project Independence, Georgia's vision program for adults age 55 and over just a little short reviews for some of you who may be new. Uh, The older blind program, as it's known nationally, is in every state in the United States and the territories. We serve those persons 55 and over who have significant vision impairments. Of the some 56 programs nationally, we provide virtually the same services, although the structure may vary from state to state. This is a formula grant. And the formula is based on the numbers of people 55 and over in the state divided by the number 55 and over in the United States, which with some exceptions, which are states that are minimally funded and the territories. Now, let me give you a perspective on the money because I think this is very, very important. In the older bond program in the most recent fiscal year, totally for all the 56 programs received $32 million. No, think, $32 million for all the programs. The VR program nationally received a teeny bit over $3 billion for the VR program. So some $3 billion versus $32 million for all the programs. In Georgia, the Audubon program in our most recent fiscal year received 871000 $871,000. The VR program received, was awarded $119 million for state fiscal year 20. So $119 million versus 871000 Now think about that. I wanted to give you that perspective. This always blows my mind, but Georgia actually ranks uh, generally either 10th or 11th in any given year as, re- as one of the top award getters. Think with our little eight hundred seventy-one thousand, we we rank uh, number ten. Uh, the other states, I have a listing of all the states and where they fall. And for if you're interested, I I can tell you, but I I can do that later now. But I do have that. But we uh, we're number ten now. This year we're number ten. Um, now I go into detail uh, to explain to you about the funds. Because as you know, there's no insurance that pays for low vision exams, O&M technology and VRT, the daily living skills. Peer support groups are not supported. So those funds we do receive, we have to work very hard to make sure those funds are spent on direct services. That's why we don't have a lot of funds for aids and devices. As you all know, electronic devices are very expensive and the older blind can help a little bit, but we, we can't don't have $4,000 for video magnifiers or $6,000 for refreshable Braille displays. So we have to rely on families and friends, creditable churches, Lions Club, and any other third party to help with the aids and device. Now, the theme for our, the GCB conference this year is bridging the gap. And I want to share with you what we're doing and why we're doing it in Georgia to help bridge this gap. In our program, we began providing remote services around March of 2020. The technology instructors and the counselors did not have much of a problem as they'd already been conducting these services virtually. The VRTs did pretty good. The o hit a wall. They hit a wall after a few remote home lessons. They used a phrase, no feet on the streets, As they would not provide instructions outside, such as street crossings, unless they could be there. Creatively, the VRTs were using virtual platforms and the phone. And one of our low vision therapists even conducted a very creative remote low vision evaluation in concert with low vision doctors. The remote and risk assessment protocols for these services are documented on. The Older Blind Technical Assistance Center of the National Research and Training Center on Blindness and Low Vision through Mississippi State University. That's a very long name, but these are documented. Just wanted to let you know about that. With our world being turned upside down. I wanted to offer extra support and connections for our contractors, instructors, and peer group leaders, so they'd have a support network for professionals and peer leaders. So I set up periodic phone calls with these various groups to discuss their challenges with remote teaching, what is working and what is not. And several of you who are in, who are participating right now, have have been on these phone calls. Uh, we wanted to know. Uh, how, how is face-to-face or mask-to-mask instruction working? What is the participant's response to the virtual lessons? Do people want us to come back and see them in person? What are some new techniques that you have learned that you can share? What safety protocols are you using and how are you assessing risk? This is very, very important for all of us in asking questions to people on who they've seen, where they've been, are they out partying at bars and restaurants and going out and about because our population that we served is an extremely vulnerable population and it's very, very important uh, that the risk assessment be, be taken. Uh, instructors and peer group leaders get to know each other with, with these phone calls and can contact each other about particular strategies they may want to discuss further. We all needed to be on the same page and have those involved feel like their concerns and issues were being heard. For our peer groups, we even set up a special training course just for them uh, to aid in providing additional support and skills to use in their virtual groups. And our president, Miss Richard, had a leading role in that particular training and just did a bang up job. So thank you, Alice. I have a large statewide email distribution list that I believe hopefully everybody on here uh, is receiving that. If you're not, please send me your email so that everybody can keep up with. The webinars, daily living tips, educational programs, upcoming conferences, and other pertinent information. As people want to keep up with what is happening in our world and access additional state and national resources, networks, and training opportunities. thought it was critical to provide support and resources to those who are providing services to our older blind population. I was interested not only in how the teachers and peer leaders were doing, what they were doing, but how they are doing personally. We cannot leave the provider services out. My goal is that these group meetings are aiding and all involved being supported. If they feel okay, they will be better able to serve our seniors so they can receive services and remain independent, feel more connected, with others in spite of the pandemic, and learn those skills to help them bridge the gap related to their needs. Now, with all that said, we'll ask questions. You you can call me. I don't think, uh, Alice, there is time for questions, but I'm real easy to get, and you can always get in touch with me. I think I did it in 10 minutes, Alice. Okay, hey, you did. Go ahead and give your phone number, though, so folks that if they do want to get in touch with you, most of us probably know it, but just if you would please give it out, that would be great. Absolutely, and I'll say it twice. My phone number is as follows. Get ready. 404-780-6649. Again, 404 780 Six six four nine.
7: Thank you so much, Kay. And Kay does a great job because for that little bit of money we get, she does a bang-up job of making sure that as many seniors as possible get served in Georgia. And we just appreciate all you do, Kay. So thank you.
21: Thank you. Alice, may I say, do I have a half a second? Do you I can have, have a half a second. second. I, well, let me, I want to give you this other perspective on the states because I, I do have them. Those, uh, the nine states above us, I think you'll find this interesting. Uh, I'm going to give you an order of the amount of money they get. California is number one, Florida is number two, Texas is number three, New York is number four. Illinois five, Ohio six, Pennsylvania, seven, Michigan eight, North Carolina nine, and we're ten this year. Now remember the amount that we get, this 32 million. Now think California's number one. California is in a very big state. They get just a touch over three million for their older blind program, just to give you another perspective. So our little older blind program nationally we just every state struggles hard and that's why that census is so important because it's based on the numbers in the state so if and we all know that last time I checked we're all getting older and the numbers of people 55 and older are going to increase well if the feds if we don't get any more money uh, nationally uh, and that, that money stays the same at around $32 million, but our population keeps growing, what's going to happen? The amount we get is going to get smaller. So I'm just throwing that into the pile uh, of, of perspectives for you. Okay, Alice, thank
7: you very much. Thank you so much, Kay. And so all you folks out there listening on ACB Radio now know why we all keep pushing how important it was that you do the census because it could make a difference. Um, So thank you, Kay, so much. And when Kay talked about the peer support training, I just would like to say that I got to do role-playing and I got to be an actress, so (laughs) it was a great opportunity. So... Um, we're going to move along and I am going to go into my president's report because I want to save time, like I said, for the membership, because the board does have the ability to vote, but we want the membership to have a say in how we vote with things going on. So I'm going to fill you in on the major things that we really have been working on this past year, um, even among COVID. And uh, then we're going to open up the, the floor to folks and you'll be able to, if you have a question or or comment to raise your hand and our host, our gracious hosts will unmute you and and let you speak. But there are really two major issues that we've been working on the past year um, in Georgia. And actually we've been working on it for a while, but things were um, this year were more motivating towards that. The first thing is, of course, the George Commission for the Blind. As you all are aware, um, since we came out now, it's been seven years from under, I think it was in 2013, when the shift and lift happened, when we came out from under DOL with VR and went into VR being its own agency. And when they did the shift and lift, they lost... They apparently lost the blind population and the deaf-blind population because services had made improvements. They had been—they uh, weren't perfect, but they had been better than what they had been in years, uh, which we had worked on from like 2003 up to 2013 to make that happen. And lo and behold, with the shift and lift, what we feared would happen happened, and that is that. Um, The blind and the deaf blind were not getting services, were having issues getting services, getting things they needed. And um, so we contacted the the governor um, last year to have a meeting with him to talk about it. And as was reported in Betsy's thing, what happened a year ago was he sent us to the then executive director, who was Sean Casey. Also, let it be known that since the seven years that GVRA, Georgia Vocational Rehabilitation Agency, has been out from under DOL, they've gone through, I think we're now on our fifth executive director. So the continuity, we, we, we make headway, it seemed like we were making headway, and lo and behold, then there's somebody new now in charge. There is now a new current director. His name is Mr. Wells. Um, GCB actually met with him. And then um, we did an actual whole stakeholders meeting with all the consumers of Georgia from NFB, GCB, and anybody else who needed to be um, involved. So um, with that meeting, He basically said that he wished we'd give him a chance and not go ahead with commission. However, we've heard this story so many times before. So last year we did reintroduce in the 2019 legislative session a commission bill. Senator Davenport out of the Atlanta area was the sponsor of the bill. And we actually, amongst the alliance georgia vision alliance put the bill together put the wording in it on how we wanted the commission to be formed how it should interact what happened was though the legislative council changed it and basically and we didn't realize it. the way they worded it so well we didn't catch it at first till after they dropped the bill and it said that that the commission would be an advisory group to any other agency that oversees blind services well that Gets us nowhere. So we asked them to pull the bill. We asked Senator Davenport to pull the bill and put our language back in. Um, that who knows better than people who are blind and visually impaired and deafblind as to what our needs really are, and we certainly should have a say in how we receive those services and what services we we receive. So they did send it back to legislative council, but then COVID hit, so the bill went nowhere. We're kind of glad it died its death, but we're hoping this year to reintroduce the bill um, and to move forward with asking for commission. We know it's probably an uphill battle because especially with the market, the way it is right now, um, because of the elections, the markets are doing all kinds of crazy things. So we know that money is going to be the excuse that's used, but Even it serves two purposes. One, either we're going to get the services we need by getting the commission, or at least the the other thing that's come out of it is they're listening to us now. Because when it first came back out from under DOL, it seemed like we didn't have a voice. They didn't care what was going on. So, you know, the minute, which is funny because the minute we talk commission, then all of a sudden they want to work with us. So that's fine by me. You know, at least if they're going to come to the table, and we can have dialogue that's a positive. So that's the first thing. The second issue, which you all just experienced last Tuesday, was the voting process. And because of COVID, um, a lot of us, because of our health issues, had no choice but to vote absentee. Here in Georgia, We do not. And it's out there there. And and we've been trying for several years again, myself and other folks on our legislative committee have been working with the secretary of state's office to try and get them to develop a online mail in voting system. There's one out there from Democracy Live. The secretary of state's office admits they've seen it. They like it. But the legislature has the final say, and they don't want any part of it. So we were fighting for that. We've been fighting for that. Plus, the other thing that happened was the new voting machines went out. They came to several. We had them at a couple of our board meetings. They've been at a couple other things before the election to show us how the machines work. And that was truly the only t- first time that we actually got to have input and say. And one of the biggest problems for us with the voting machines was the fact that now you have to print out your ballot. And so how do we verify a printed out ballot? Because I know what the screen says I put in, but how do I know that when that little paper came out, it really was what I put in? And I I, and I know most of you, What I like about being able to vote independently and privately is that, that it's private, that I don't have to have anybody else know how I vote. That's important to me. Even though some of my friends and family vote the same way I do, it's none of their business how I vote. I don't want them to know that. But with this feature, again, now, here we are. How am I going to get my vote verified? So we brought that up to the Secretary of State's office before the primary even, and they went back to the the Secretary of State, went to the State Board of Elections, and they agreed that we would be allowed to use our iPhones, our Androids, our iPads, or whatever. We would be allowed to have them with us, and at the end of the process, we would be allowed to scan the printer into those devices to verify our ballots. Well, that's good for those of us that are able to afford and have that, But we said, you've got to come up with something that will work for people that don't so that they can have it at the poll so they can check it. So they are working on that process. Nothing has been agreed upon yet. But um, because they said there just wasn't time with the election coming. So that didn't happen. Well, we tried again just before the primary to make them do something about absentee voting so that we can do it independent and privately. We're not able to have any success. We invited the ACLU who have been working with us. Um, We um, have been working through the Georgia Vision Alliance with all the other like NFB and and some of the other disability groups to try to get um, them to resolve the problem and basically, what we were finally told, because everybody kept saying, well, let's write letters to Secretary of State, let's have meetings with them. Well, that's fine and good, but we already knew. And what Chris finally came out and said, who is over, uh, does a lot with the disability accessibility for Secretary of State's office, Chris Harvey said, I'm just gonna be honest with you. There's no more we can do than what we're doing. It's gonna take a legislative change. Or you could do like a lot of other states are doing and file a lawsuit. And if the judge tells us we have to do it, then we're going to have to do it. Well, they waited till it was too late, unfortunately, for us to file a lawsuit in time for the primary or the general. They just said at this point, you might as well forget it ain't going to happen. It's too late. So what we're lo- going to be looking at possibly is um, uh, and and we've talked about the. This as the whole disability group, we may have to take legal action um, to get them to um, do what needs to be done. Um, The Law and Policy Center, Georgia Advocacy Agency here, has been involved with this voting coalition that we've got going on. And I was a little disappointed at the last meeting because they still want to write letters and media coverage, and that's just not cutting it. And I I was hoping because in a lot of the other states I've learned from some of the other councils that that it actually was through their state advocacy agency law policy centers that they got the attorneys to file lawsuits to get, you know, like North Carolina right next door to us. They were successful in just before the election getting um, they're using the democracy live system and. They were able to, to do their voting online, you know, privately and independently, and we did not have that option. Um, they have seen the software here in Georgia, and they admit the Secretary of State's office, they like it, but the legislatures are afraid that, that oh, there would be fraud with it. So that's the other big thing we're still going to be working on and need to work on. Plus, when we've gone to use the new machines, there have been many glitches. Some of our folks were not able to use them at all and ended up having to have sighted people help. Some of us would, had to wait forever because what should have been a 15-minute process ended up being over an hour because they didn't know how to make the machine you know, talk. Um, so, just those kinds of of issues are still going on. So that's the other big thing that Georgia Council has been involved in, and and the board has been working on. The next, last thing I really want to talk about before I open it up to you all is that, is that um, we um, you've heard about Phyllis Waters and the account that we hired. We um, have reports that are due every year or every two years, to the Secretary of State's office to maintain our 501c3. Those forms are not accessible online for somebody like Marsha or myself to be able to do them. Um, DJ's been real good about trying to help us with that. But the other thing is, everybody, like Marcia said, everybody seems to be getting away from paper. So you don't even get paper statements anywhere where you could try to scan them in. Like even with our bank accounts, um, I know for, um, excuse me, Georgia Guide Dog users, we had to go to paperless because they were starting to charge it. They let us have it for so many years free, and all of a sudden they decide that, no, that ain't going to happen. As long as you're getting paper ballots, we're going to start withdrawing money from your account. So for that reason, we went paperless. But I can't, I can't make heads or tails out of that website. Um, I have to have my son help me every time I, you know, get ready to do a report. So Phyllis is setting up um, the Quickens to help us with that, and then she'll be able to generate something that we'll be able to be able to, um, you know, have in. Ha- she can print it, send it to Marsha electronically. Marsha'll will be able to read it and be able to do her reports as needed plus with the quickens it will it will keep everything it will you know you plug it in it'll do, it'll do all the calculations and everything and that's what we really need to be able to keep track of money and keep an accurate record and once this is set up and 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 hopefully made down the line we'll have somebody that uh, will be willing to take on treasury and be able to then to just use the system because it'll already be in place and And we'll be able to go forward. But so Phyllis has been very helpful. She isn't, um, just DJ said that the secretary of state's report is due in January, just slight change. It is actually due in December. And that's what Phyllis is working on right now, because that isn't, I mean, that keeps our three 501 C three active. We can't afford, we had that happen once before. And then there's a ton more paperwork that has to be done if you let it slide. So, um, We are paying Phyllis, but she's very, for an accountant, she is giving us a very good rate. She's been very fair in in what all she's done with, with, um, you know, what she's doing for us. She's been available. And so that has worked out well. We're glad to have her on board. She had another commitment today because right now she actually is in the middle. She works for other several businesses here in Brunswick, and she's in the middle of, tax time so she had some other things she had to do today and couldn't be here so but in future we hope you'll get to hear at some of the board meetings that she'll come on to the uh if if by other means than zoom or conference call to to give updates and let's let us know what's going on and and in the meantime Martian, and jerry and dj um and the other folks on the finance committee will be kept abreast with her um, and can tell us what's going on. So that's kind of what we've been working on this year. Um, COVID has kind of, you know, put us all in limber. We have started doing for um, community calls through George Council, and some of you members have actually come out and joined us. Um, we would like to encourage more of you to do so. It has been a way for us to connect, and I kind of like it because I have heard from some of our members who we don't hear from except maybe at conference. Um, and we, we have programs like a, a library book club that meets once a month. We have, um, a technology call that Steve, you know, has and does gets folks together. In fact, help prepare us to how to use Zoom for this conference. I myself <laughs> am proud of my monthly community call. I do, you'll never guess, travel. and it's, it's just great. We have a lot of conversation about places. Uh, I've been places. Some of the other members who've come on have been, and we just share those stories and experiences. Marsha does an actual mental health call each month, and that's just to kind of get together to talk about where we're at, how things are going, what's working, what's not, what, and get suggestions and tips from people on how they're dealing with the virus and how they're getting things done. They need to get done. So they're great calls. Um, we do use the conference phone line for it because we figured that at this point is easy for a lot of our members uh, <clears throat> who may not have computers, who are not real techies like me. I'm not a real techie. So um, those. that's the other big thing that's been going on, our monthly community calls. So we would invite you to come and join. Or even if you have a topic and would like to be a leader and and, and lead one of our community calls, we're open to that as well. So I'm going to stop talking for a moment. I'll be unmuted, though, to answer questions you might have, um, as well as any of the other officers who are on here, Marcia, um, Jerry, Betsy. Um, So um, if we could have our host, if you have a question, raise your hand so our host can see it and she'll Let us know, and we want to hear from you. And if there is an issue that we're not working on here in the state that you want us to, we want to hear that too. Do we have any hands up, Monica?
6: Yes. Can you hear me okay? I sure can. Okay. Um, There is a – Deborah Lavelle has her hand up. Okay. If she has a question, she can unmute herself.
7: Yeah, because she's a participant. Go ahead, Deborah. Hey, Good morning. I just again really have enjoyed the community calls and would encourage everyone to, you know, be a part of those. And
5: especially, they're, they're, they've all been productive. Also, I just want everybody to know that we have a new president, they've announced it. So, thank you, well, everybody.
7: Don't stop there, go ahead and give us the bad news. Well, the, the great news is we still have Alice, and then we've got Joe Biden to help her. Well. I don't think I'll be calling on much, though. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, so Georgia has finally decided, but we'll leave that. No, no this P- Pennsylvania has called it. Oh, Pennsylvania called it. Okay. Well, thank you. But we still don't know if it's truly final because I understand there's probably going to be a lawsuit. So, <laughs> all right. Good. Just,
0: you can just bet on that all the way.
7: <laughs> yeah. So
0: close to call everywhere.
7: All right. All right. Okay, everybody. Thank you, Deborah. <laughs> um, any so, other hands? Yes. Questions? Okay. Yes. If
6: if anyone has a question, you can raise your hand with Alt Y on your computer, options Y on your Mac. If you're using a phone with a regular phone pad, it's star nine, and if you're using the app, it's in the low, it's in the middle of your screen. Okay. So we have Todd you am I muted you are unmuted
11: okay um
14: wh- whoever it was who was giving the lecture what's your name again ma'am
0: um who was talking about the voting stuff uh, um
7: my name's Alice name? I'm the president
0: uh, oh okay Alice i've got a question for you
14: there are i won't um there are people who don't use iPhones that's true but why couldn't you use something like an Oracam? Because I've been hearing about that in previous elections, and with Oracam you can read printed material. So couldn't you guys use something like Oracam to to read the
7: printout? Not a lot of folks in Georgia can afford and have their own, but that is one of the suggestions that has been made for them to have available at the polls. So that is yes, thank you. That is one of the one of the um technology pieces that that we're having them to look at um okay i just wanted to ask but but yes 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 thank you thank you
2: uh this is jamaica since i'm on the panelist side am i allowed to of course you are am i allowed to to yes you're a member uh my dear go right ahead to uh to speak at this time. I wanted to ask a question about the um about the um the 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 fund that is being made up oh, for thank the, you Jamaica. Um, yes, yes. yes. go ahead your question is that it, is that going to be a part of the of the um Techno, uh, not the technology, but the um, the scholarship committee that will be decided, uh, deciding upon those, or will that be a totally different committee?
7: Okay, thank you, Jamaica. And I, I, I'm sorry, there was one other thing I need to discuss. So this will tie into uh, before I answer Jamaica's question, because you, a lot of you may not know, Marsha alluded earlier that um, one of our politicians had given us a. $3,800 um, gift. I mean, we were shocked. We, we weren't even sure it was real when it first came in <laughs> because this check came in, you know, these days you just never know. So we followed up and sure enough, it was a real check. And it came from Senator Loeffler. And what she had done, I found out was she took on the way uh, President Trump has been doing with his salary, that every quarter he gives his salary to causes and nonprofits and so that's what Kelly has been doing and Senator Leffler um, donated three hundred or three thousand eight hundred dollars in one of her quarters when she was picking nonprofits to give to she gave to GCB I would like to think that that it was out of the fact that because when when Cecily and I and and Valerie and John Hester were in, um, dc for the february legislative seminar and we met with her office staff we were talking about some of the issues and and things you know the imperatives and we were talking about we got to talking about technology and it turns out that actually when she was working here in georgia her big thing is technology she's into and does her business was technology so I can't help but think that that stuck with them, and that's why we've got this. So what we voted on as a board at the last board meeting was to take the three – and the other thing that's been happening there for a while, you know, it was the seniors. We were getting a lot of calls on seniors that needed help with services, seniors needed devices and that. And then all of a sudden when COVID hit and students are now having to work from home, we were getting a lot of calls from students that were needing stuff so they would be able to do their work at home, to be able to do to school at home. Plus the other thing we, we were finding is that our students are being left behind in the COVID world of virtual learning because a lot of the platforms aren't accessible. So there's the, the issue of, of even just advocacy for the students. So, cause a lot of our calls now are coming from students. And we had one student who even called who needed a braille writer so that she could do her math work. And um, she was from a family where th- there wa- weren't enough funds to be able to purchase it. So we were in the process of, 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 um, of uh, we put out a thing to each of you of chapters, as you remember, to ask to donate so much money so we could purchase her the braille writer. And then it turned out that a couple, one of our members down in Northwest, the Dillards actually had a braille writer that they had just had repaired. They were no longer using. And they said, we want this young lady to have this braille writer. And so we were able to give, get it to her. And so we sent the money back from those chapters who had donated and because we didn't need it at that point. So when this money came in, My thought was there seems to now be a need among our young people, kindergartners through the 12th grade who, who come from families where they can't afford to get some of the things that might be of use and help to their children. So we decided to form an uh, ad hoc committee to work on figuring out um, how the money would be used, how um, people would apply for it and how, um, and 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 then distributing it and and who would be overseeing the thing so what we're going to do today and this is answers your question jamaicas the board will have to vote on it um, but we're going to ask if any of our members have questions or want to make comment on how they'd like to see what kinds of things they'd like to see it spent on we'd like to hear from you because we sent the proposal out to the whole membership so you all know what the proposal is on how the ad hoc committee thinks the money should be spent but that's not going to be set in gold till we vote on it so if you all think that that um and the proposal is that we do some google chromebooks and some ipads to these students who can't afford them that may need them you know to be able to to operate at home and do what they need to do so um we're going to vote on that at the board meeting this afternoon the committee then that will probably oversee it will be (laughs) and this isn't in stone yet either because I I was going to propose it this afternoon after we vote on, on the actual process. But my thought would be that then this would be perfect for the youth awareness committee because they're working with the youth. We have parents on there. We have TVIs on that committee. And so what better folks than that group to kind of oversee the fund. So does that answer your question, Jamaica?
2: Yes, yes, it does. Most, okay. most definitely. Thank you. Okay. Do we have another question, Monica?
12: Yes. I
1: this saw Steve's Steve. hand up, yeah.
6: Yes.
12: Yeah, Go is. ahead, Steve. Yeah, Alice, um, I wanted to piggyback on the, the talking about the, the scholarship, awarding of the scholarship that uh, one of our members had brought up, uh, uh, he read through the documentation. One of the things was uh, expanding what was being awarded beyond iPads and uh, Chromebooks since the schools already get them, uh, expanding the type of t- technology devices that, you know can be awarded through the scholarship, uh, another point is, is that in the uh, scholarship application, it talked about things being typewritten. And uh, and one of the things is, is that uh, on our website, we have the scholarship guidelines and we have the scholarship forms. Uh, I've been working with Houston Council of the Blind. I worked on their website and my suggestion to I'm offering to work with the committee on putting up an online version where people can just go in and fill in this, fill in the scholarship application, especially for those who are blind or visually impaired, who want to go in and and just fill it out like an online form. And also they'll be able to upload supporting documents as well. So uh, I'm willing to work with anybody that that's, I'm willing to work with the committee on that to implement that, Uh, I think that'll make things easier and and bring things uh, more up to date. And, um, and there was another point that he brought up. I'm trying to think of what that was. Uh, Oh God, it escapes my mind, but uh, Oh yeah. The, uh, the, the naming of the uh, scholarship would be for Kelly Leffler, and, and, and for the scholarship to not only, uh, You know, the $3,800 would be just the start seed money for it, but, you know, have a way for people to donate, whether it's online or uh, through the mail or where to keep it going. Because I think this is very important for the young people to have and, you know, trying to get the equipment that they need.
7: Okay. All right. Thank you, and so the board is all here, so hopefully they'll hear that, and that'll become part of the discussion this afternoon. So thank you, Steve. Any other hands raised?
6: Yes, um, we have David. You should see an ask to unmute on your screen. Let's see. <sighs> okay, I'll try again. You should see an ask to unmute.
7: Oh. Are you with us, David?
6: I try to unmute him, and I'll try again. It should be in the middle of your screen. Okay. I can't. It's not. I'm trying to unmute him.
7: Uh, Do do we want to... Madam President... Madam
1: President, this is Marge. While uh, Monica is trying to sort this out, uh, we have a couple of really important things that we must do before we end today, uh, this session. One is that um, we need to hear from Cecily or somebody who can update us on the um, information, remind us rather, the information for people to participate in the Vanda consultation later this afternoon. We need to keep reiterating that with the phone number so that people can call in uh, to speak with Vicki about non-24. The other issue is that we have five door prizes to give away before this session
7: ends. Oh, we should have done two at the first. Yeah. Correct. Uh, what, what's my time? Because I was going to say, I missed not having Betsy right beside me here. How much time we got left, Marge? None.
1: We're overdue.
7: All right. Well, let's First of all, um, that, did we get David unmuted? We should at least give David the opportunity. I I did
6: try to unmute him, and could not get him.
7: He, he might.
6: Un- yeah, he's. Un-
12: he just unmuted.
7: Okay. Okay. Go ahead, David.
17: Uh, yeah, we're having the same issue here in Pennsylvania with all the voting. I went on Tuesday and
7: okay D- David I I'm trying to stay away from the lecture stuff cuz we need to get some other business done but thank you yeah it, it's good and I knew Pennsylvania was having some of the same issues so but thank you all right um also before Cecily gives us the information for the call this afternoon for vendors I would like to um because I, I don't think it was said during the vendor time that um Vanda is a diamond sponsor, and Vanda donated to Georgia Council of the Blind $1,000. So we are very grateful to Vanda Pharmaceutical for all their support and all the work that they do in nine twenty 7 So thank you. So, Cecily, if you will, please, and then we'll door Pride go ahead and get ready because I'm about to close out here after Cecily gives out this information.
3: All right. Today, from 5 p.m. until 6 p.m., Band of Pharmaceuticals Rep Vicki Freddy will be available for individual consultation to answer your questions. And that number is 605 562 0400. I'm going to read it again and then I'll read the access code 605 Access code 780 780-
0: Five seven five one pound. Thank you, Cecily. And
7: hold on, Phil. One thing, let me close out my meeting here, Phil. <laughs> I'm going to close out, but I would invite all of you, whether you're on the board or not, as members, you can attend at the board meeting. And then if you have maybe some input, more input, and that will be on our Zoom line. So I'm closing out my part of the meeting, Phil. Give it to the prize ladies.
0: Okay, the door prize, ladies, are you ready? We want to uh, give us uh, your time now to
2: yes. really shine, yes. so go for it. Yes.
3: Okay, we've got five prizes, so we'll try to go really quickly here. We've got the first one is an Amazon gift card for $25. Jamaica, what's the number on that? 53 Number 53, that is David Hopman, who we just saw a second ago. Okay, congratulations, David. The second one is a Burger King $15 gift card. Number 71. Number 71. 71 is Dexter Durant. Congratulations Dexter. All right. Then the next one that we have is from Custom Cane. This is a 3-piece charm gift certificate valued at $35. What's the number,
2: Jamaica? Um, I think this is 29 29.
3: 29 is Kay McGill. Congratulations, Kay. Okay, and then we have a Subway $15 gift card.
2: And the number is number 35. Number
3: 35 is Patricia Ganger. Congratulations, congratulations, Patricia subway gift card and our last one is a 50 dollars gift card gift certificate for guide lights and gadgets and this is good for their technical or leather products so we need one more number Jamaica number nine number nine is Taya Longmire congratulations Taya Fifty dollars at guide lights and gadgets. All right, that's all for door prizes.
4: Thank you all for this so session.
3: much,
0: and uh, We're certainly uh, having a good. We had a good morning session this morning, and uh, we're going to wrap up now. Take a break and be back at one o'clock for the uh, youth program, which will be streamed. The senior program, which I believe according to the program, starts at one thirty will not be streamed, but it will be on the Zoom link. So be sure to join us uh, on the stream at 1, and uh, those of you on the Zoom link at 1.30, do that. We will be back here at 1 o'clock, as I say, and so in the meantime, enjoy your lunch or whatever you do, and and Marge and I will be back here at 1 o'clock, and with all the rest of you, thank you all for being here. I appreciate the great work of our ACB radio team too.